You are now listening to Well, Well, I'm feeling now. Like, oh my god, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, it's Pokemon. Misandry. <laughs> yes, Misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> Hello, friends. Hey. hey. We're feeling in a celebratory <laughs> mood. How about you? How uh, about you? I mean, I'm feeling hey, like hey, a damn hey, winner. Hey, hey, hey. I feel like such a fucking winner. <laughs> I feel so fucking good. Like, I could go to the club. Like, Villanelle, when she's having a good day, not a bad day. Yeah, not, not the bad day experience. Congratulations to Killing Eve for winning all the fucking BAFTAs today. Yeah, so what was that? Three gongs, they said? Three in total. And then they also had music and sound last time. But, you know. Fiona Shaw, congrats, bitch. Jody Comer, congrats, bitch. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, congrats, bitch. It's almost like we said weeks ago that they should just give crap and speed grab these awards and just, like, hand them to you because, like, they were yours. They Honestly. were literally Honestly. yours for the taking. We didn't want there to be any fucking fuckery. And it looks like the BBC or the BBC... The BAFTAs. Yeah, the BAFTA TV. They didn't fuck up, which, I mean, they kind of fucked up because I just wanted Killing Eve to sweep every category they're in. And Kim Bodnia, Kim Bodnia, he did not win for Best Supporting Actor. I guess he had some competition and whoever else won, I, it does it even matter who that person was? I wrote it down, but I already forgot May, it. Because I'm not May. watching that show. Yeah. Um, what was it? The Bodyguard or something? Nah. Who knows? I'm I think that good. was, wasn't that Best Actor? Or I know The Bodyguard beat us out for like, must-see moment. Some assassination motherfucking shit. Uh, I'm Which, sorry. An assassination on. on the show that's... Not, you know what? I'm, I'm going to hold it if in. If they'd have had that shit open <laughs> to America, we would have won that. Like, Killing Eve would have won that. Yeah, they were like, oh, we know this phone number. We are not going to let you vote for this moment. <laughs> we tried. We did like, try. We see these zip codes from the Brooklyn. You're not fooling anybody. Just fucking stop it. And I mean... I'm just so happy for our girls and the cast and crew of Killing Eve because they really fucking deserved it. I mean, this is exactly what we wanted. All the speeches were fucking great. Sandra Oh was in attendance, but she tweeted out right away <laughs> when Jody won to be like, hey, congrats to my fam, my Killing Eve fam. So fucking deserved. Her speech was so sweet. I got a bit choked up and it's not, I mean, besides my like empath stuff where like just anything could choke me up, just people's emotions usually take me over whether I like it or not. But that last part where she was talking about her grandmother and she dedicated to her grandmother who died the first week of yeah. filming. I fucking, that's when I really lost it because I, my grandmother died when I was super young and uh, I always have this like weird jealousy slash envy of people who keep their grandmothers longer because what, Jody lose her grandma at 25 and I lost my Bella at 14 but I just thought that was so damn sweet that she dedicated to her because she was like, my Nana didn't get to see her first like this uh, this performance that got her her first BAFTA, which I did say, what, like a week or so ago that she was giving me Angelina Jolie vibes, Circa Girl Interrupted. And I'm just going to say she's won her BAFTA yeah. around the same age that Angelina Jolie won her Oscar. I believe Angelina Jolie was 24 and she's 25 or maybe she's 26. And I was thinking, I think it's 25. But yeah, good shit. And so now she's going to be tempted by all these uh, directors who are going to like try to throw all this money at her and try uh, to pull her away by from the way. They're going to try to pull away from PWB and be like, look. Excuse me? Pull her away from what? Phoebe Waller-Bridge? Is that possible? They're going to be like, here, I know you got room in your schedule. You can make room to do this. I mean, she can have room when she's not shooting Killing Eve. Right. But also, 
no, I want her to do all the things and be in all the things. I just don't want any of those creepy directors to get their hands on her Agreed. and make any of those weird movies. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to see that. If there's women, women out there, like women directors with stories and they're writing full body, just interesting characters that give her the same amount of range that Killing Eve has provided, then I'm all I'm all in for that shit. This guy's gonna be like, we want to revisit Simone. Remember that? And it's like, a, well... <laughs> no i mean i remember it but no we don't have to go back there oh my goodness so yeah fucking big ups and also congrats to us we don't have the music coming back in but congrats to us eve was not on her knees that's oh, a lie that's well, a lie she was well, on her knees <laughs> yeah um <laughs> she was on her fucking knees but you know what you know what the motherfucking hard cut yes the motherfucking hard cut. And I was, I was so... ready to go to the discotheque. You know, the minute they did that hard cut, I was like, bitch, thank you. This is all I wanted. So with that, and now that we've given our congratulations, we've gotten that out the way. Oh, actually, you know what? We should give a shout out to Pod and... Well, Pod and Live NYC. Uh, yeah. Pod and Live NYC. Uh, specifically the awesome podcast Tea with Queen and Jay. It's a great podcast. You guys can check it out. We had a great yes, time. Yes, they were dope. Hanging a... out. Ooh. It was it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of love. Like I, I said the other day, I was like, I felt like I left with more love than I came in with. And that's really a thing that happens with me going to an event. It's like, uh, I've had my feelings time for me to go. I was on my feet for like hours. The that's music because it was turned good. into a, a dance party. It, it did. I was like, OK, let's mingle, you know, let's give out some cards. And, you know, and it, it was like, well, nope, I am having a good time. You know, it wasn't like two in the morning. Everything just about that element was just perfect. You know what? It had like the daytime barbecue rooftop party vibe, which was nice. Yes. Without the hot sauce and mustard stains. With a bunch of queer people and people of color podcasters. That was it was it was lit. Also want to give a special shout out to Vanessa from Vagisteam because I mean, anyone who was wearing a shirt just in life that says big clit energy. G, like oh, I'm just gonna was, make a beeline. That's I her. I saw that. No, so, yes. yeah, we found each other. I gave her props to that. Yeah, I was like, "What's that shirt? I need one." <laughs> and she was like, "It's a health fucking podcast about women, queer women." I was like, "Boop, stop! You got me there." Um, <laughs> how do I support? And so, thank you, Vanessa. Also, want to shout out Soke from Cheers and Queers podcast. We were hanging out. We have yes, convinced this shit. If you guys house. haven't checked out Cheers and Queers, you should. It's a great podcast, and we have convinced her to to come in and guest on the show when she is done with her master's program because she has not watched any of Killing Eve season two, even though she fucking loves the show and she's waiting to binge it. And so we were like, "Bitch, you got to come on and give your TED talk about Villanelle Strap when we're done." And she was like, "Absolutely," because you know, thank God when you when you can see it, you can see it. She has a lot of thoughts and ideas about villanelle strap and i'm 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 excited for us to discuss them on the show i just want to sit in awe i can't wait side note what happened to jody comer's met gala invitation i just i just randomly crossed my mind because she wasn't there i feel like i would have known if yeah, she was there i i too feel like um someone would have had a great time uh constructing a piece of camp uh evening wear for a one Jody Comer, I mean, who wouldn't want to dress Jody? I I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Sandra so, O wasn't there either, right? 
I don't remember images of Sandra either. No, I I feel like it would have appeared on my feed or someone. I just, I have too many Sandra O oh stands in my life for it to have missed me if she was at the gala. So double question, where were Jody and Sandra at the Met Gala? I could have used those images, but you know who was there? I mean, because it's on topic, but not on topic, but still relevant in like the circle. We know who was there. Like Lupita and Janelle were there. Listen, I don't know oh, if any of you listeners saw that my. motherfucking picture about- And Denai was Steph. there. Listen, we can't talk about tonight because she's irrelevant <laughs> to the picture. And in the picture, she was making herself irrelevant. She was like, you know what? Let me go over here. Mm. And um, I just want to say thank you to the goddess and the ancestors for blessing me and all the gays with that photograph and the fodder that is still happening it's on still the Twitterverse. It's happening. It's happening. Still. It's happening. I don't so, even know how to do like a ship name, but I'm not even going to try. It's fine. Doesn't even try. Just right. exist. Yep. That's really all mm-hmm. that needs to happen. So blessings on blessings this weekend. And with that, we should go into watching this episode one more time so we can get to the motherfucking recap of this ridiculous episode. I hope you like Missionary. What a name. What a a name. What a a feeling. There was a lot of dread stepping into this. This was a slow crawl. Friday, I was literally Ew, What is at, with your disgusting know, puns? Something's I, wrong with you. Please, everyone, send oh hate God, mail. Right. <laughs> send hate mail to Terrence. I was like, it was, was a slow crowd. Why are like, you doing this? Wait, we was, started out the podcast right. with uh, happy music. Yeah, and I here know. you go. With the slow I it, swear it, to God. Flashes of images. I'm glad there my, was no two minutes for us to watch because you'd have had us fucked up again. Even I mean, though I made a note in caps right. to be like, we're tell not, Terrence we didn't watch not to touch that fucking clip. And if he touches it, fight him in the studio. Yeah, we're not doing that. No violence. Mm-hmm. We've escaped that. But we're going to go back in, watch episode six again, and then we'll be back to talk to you guys about it. All right. Hey, and we are back. We well, are back. Hey, hey. Oh, well, you know what? I knew from the minute of this fucking airing when they were showing like, oh, previously on Killing Eve, as soon as Gemma's fucking face uh, appeared, I was like, Gemma, Gemma's back in the scene. Yes, back in the scene with the gangsta lean. I just, I, I'm being premature, but so many things I predicted have come to pass in a way that is so gratifying to me. I can't wait to get into it. So let's just fucking start at the very beginning. Oof. All right. Let's yes. So very we beginning. began our wonderful adventure today. We know where we started. Yes. We know. Well, I mean, well, let's do some. Uh, no, let's no. just skip the initial scene no. that we spent three hours talking about. Uh, but, but do you have something important to say about it? It's not super important. Look, just it'd be what it was like. We know what happened when things moved. But what was happening when things were stationary? So <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm about to choke <laughs> in my coffee. <laughs> what do you so, mean? So Eve was home alone. Yes. What was she doing alone? She, she was, was googling. It, yes. Well, she was basically like casing, in a sense. She's just trying to get a beat on this guy that she got wrong because she didn't peg him as a bully. She didn't think of that. With what him. do you mean? Uh, Are you what? talking about Aaron Peel? Aaron Peel. She was but googling. Wait, does she know he's a bully? Yet? I thought she was just googling his. It, the article says something about his sale or like the sale of privacy. I had to look at the screenshot, but it was some article about his company. Well, I mean, he is a bully. That is something that's identifiable, but I feel like we don't hear it verbalized right. until Villanelle verbalizes it later in the episode. But yeah, please continue. So yeah, she was just, you know, she was working, but working alone. She 
had the feng sway going on and then she heard a rustling in the and a rustling. Yes, it was a rustling <laughs> it was like something rustling outside something there's there's something on the wing it was yeah something was going on outside and she you know went to go kind of look where it was and she saw somebody kind of round the side of our house she's like what the fuck and then you know, that's when we get maybe to... Nico was chilling out there for a second. I didn't want to revisit this, but since you've you have I, decided to bring uh, us here, let's let's just go back to the dark place. Okay. I, I so think... yes. I feel like from my opinion that Nico from the minute Villanelle was like, smell you later. He was fucked up. He he probably didn't even pay attention to his students the rest of the day. As soon as he, you know, maybe teachers were like, hey, you want to go for a drink? The spelling bee shit was fly. He was like, no, I got to get back to London. He gets on the fucking train. Goes back to London. Villanelle is probably, what, six seats behind, just uh-huh. watching him the uh-huh. entire time. And then I think it was possible that he was standing outside for his place for just at least creepily for five seconds in order for Eve to get that sense of like, oh, is someone watching me? And then, you know, he comes through the door because I'm sure the thought process that entire time was like, wow, wow, wow. But then also, how am I going to push it once I get home? You know? So I think he was probably lingering for a minute before he came in because how do you not linger when you're about to push your wife down to her knees and hope for the best? Uh, he, he hoped for the best and I suppose he got the best, luckily for him. But I think your prediction of Eve being unsatisfied, not the prediction of us seeing her, but that she would be, was partially true. Like I think she was happy to explore the stuff, but am I to believe that this this dude was still doing missionary while he was doing the the BDSM. Like he was like, bad baby, bad baby in missionary position. Like, is that, it doesn't sound right. This is why I was off screen because we thought that she would break. We were looking for something to break the moment. Him trying to be adventurous more than likely would have broken the moment because I I don't think he has to. That's if we saw it. I right. just I always did. maintained that I never wanted to see anything. I never wanted to hear anything about it except that he didn't like the situation. I mean, are you done? Are you done evaluating this scene before we go to the knees, or do you have something else even still? Uh, fine, you said to the <laughs> knees. Fine, let us be uh, okay. Just it was be- hot when she went to her knees. If you minus Nico, I know. If you minus Nico, but just before that, I just have to poke fun at the fact that he asked her if she wanted uh him to love her or to frighten her to and frighten she said her. i don't know when the real answer was no i want her to love me and frighten me that was the real answer but she didn't know how to say she that like in both, that moment none of it from you right none of it for you right but she didn't know how to say any of that i will accept that and i will bang the gavel and say it is law because i agree that's why she has to say, I don't know to Nico, because she's like, it's not really about you and your mustache. It's someone else. <sighs> so you got all your feels out for that two minutes. I yeah. have nothing to say. All my things to say have to do with everything that goes past the two so, minutes. So, yeah, we can. <laughs> I'm just going to turn that over. I don't know that what was, you're looking that at was on a your fun phone. T- someone just sent me a, a message. Uh, and that, that was adorable. That was fun. I like that. Inside joke with yourself. Okay. I know. <laughs> Moving on. So, yes, after we live through yet again, the Eve is on her knees. What do we do? What we do is we do a hard fucking cut. And that is fucking fantastic. Oh, we also made buttons, like side note for Pod and Live NYC. We had buttons that said Eve was on her knees. And we found some Killing Eve fans there that responded pretty well to them. And we were happy to run into them. You wonderful people know who you are. Hopefully you're listening right now. Hi. Hi. It was fun meeting and dancing with you. But yeah, so we get the hard cut. 
And I was thankful. Like, I, I actually screamed aloud because I was just sort of like, okay, okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. Hard cut. Thank you, editor. Someone give that person a fucking BAFTA for making that editing choice. Although I'm sure there was nothing in the script for them to just cut to. But then again, with these deleted scenes, who knows you what they tried You never know. We cut to Eve and it's the morning after. Presumably she's in the kitchen making some fucking coffee, looking like she's got a little spring to her step, which stop it. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought. I was like, Eve, whatever. Why? that smile off your fucking face and Nico comes into the kitchen and she's like it feels like a one night stand and it's like yeah because that situation ship that you just had with your husband was not typical and definitely didn't feel like (coughs) your standard Nico and Eve marriage or marital sex not in the least you know Nico you can tell from the minute he comes in that he's feeling away about it but he's not able to really get a word in before Eve continues on with her fucking role play fantasy where she's like, oh, hey, look, I'm not really interested in a relationship right now. And I'm like, is that just you speaking for yourself when it comes to Nico? She was speaking from the heart. She was like, uh, you need to call your taxi or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah she was if, done. If the relationship's not with Villanelle, you don't want it. And Nico finally gets a word in or two words and he's like, last night. And then Eve starts and cuts him off again. It's like, was amazing. I don't know why he has a. I don't know why he has an opinion on it. Because he has to. He's the husband. It's like what I what I said in the snack episode that he needs to figure out if he's okay with the situation, and if he's not, for his own <laughs> mental and emotional health, he needs to extricate himself from the situation. And I'm so glad that he was able to figure that the fuck out. He does say to her once Eve is like, "Well, what's wrong?" When she notices his face, I thought you I thought you had a good time. I thought you enjoyed yourself. And he's like, "Yeah, I did." But, you know, I have feelings and I was trying to work out why I was feeling so shitty after our sexcapade. And this is what's interesting is that he said that he was up all night. And one thing we know is that if there's someone up all night just thinking it's things, usually it's Eve. usually Eve. So it's interesting to me that the first night she engages in some fucking BDSM with fucking Nico, she sleeps like a fucking baby. She's like, wow, got that out for today. And Nico is the one in the corner looking at her like, Eve, who are you? Who is this? <laughs> Who is my wife? What has happened to but our I relationship? But I need him to understand that he's the reason why they're all there in that moment. Like the reason why that BDSM happened, it was because uh, Eve said, hey, Nico, I think that we should try making sure I get my oath tonight. Eve would never say that. Exactly. Though. So it was, it was just Nico, I guess, trying to even keep up with. And that's even a sad thing to say. It was like he was, he really was insulted by the notion that someone was making his wife happier than he ever could. Realistically, <laughs> that is something you should be insulted by if you have if you're in a committed monogamous relationship with your partner and someone else who's not even, you know, touching your partner is giving them a greater degree of satisfaction. That's worrying. That's something you should probably try to address or just be like, you know what, I'm leaving this situation because this isn't healthy for me. But I think it's also the issue of, you know, trust. And I feel like when most people talk about S&M games, BDSM games, any kind of sex games, the number one thing that kind of should exist before you engage in those kinds of play, playtime, is trust. Yeah. And so it's kind of fucked up that, you know, Eve is, she's like, yeah, you're coming around to this fucking shit, role playing, and it's great, but there's no trust there. She obviously did not trust Nico with information about herself, even just a piece of the information about herself, because he brings up after that when she's like, didn't you enjoy it? And he's like, yeah, I did. However, I'm feeling away because I asked you about what happened in Paris well, and you didn't tell me. Let's break down when he asked her. He asked her when she was in a, a rather a, a state of panic slash shock when she was in the bathtub naked for over an hour while her phone was ringing and she couldn't answer it. And he's like, did something happen? And she's like, no, 
nothing's wrong. Everything is fine. And you know that things are wrong, but you also know that that was not a good time for her to be having a conversation. I mean, it depends how you look at it. Because prior to then, she was cutting up 18 pounds of vegetables and thought she made a chicken that was never defrosted. And so realistically, Nico's like, Bitch, you wildin'. But Eve is so unfair. She's unfair to Nico. I mean, I can admit this. Nico's fucking annoying, but she's unfair to him because, like you said, she was probably sitting in that tub for an hour. He probably came in more than once to be like, hey, Eve, you gonna talk to me about this? And she just, nothing. <laughs> no words or just, no, Nico, you're not gonna get it. And I feel like for him, that is the bigger issue is that it's not just that she's into this kink that he's discovered. It's that he actually doesn't fully understand the kink. It's not as though they've had a conversation where she's like, for whatever reasons, I want this to happen with us sexually. I would like to feel this dynamic shift or what have you. There's no sharing of that. It's Villanelle who's like, one sentence, you should try this with your wife. And then he's like, okay, I can read into this with all the other things. I said she was getting off of sniffing out a psycho. This Villanelle woman is giving me all kinds of gay energy, all kinds of like weird jealous energy. Yes. So clearly... Something is going on with Eve and fucking Villanelle. And it has more to do with this side of her that I do not have access to and I do not understand. And even if he had access to it, like Eve says, she doesn't think he'd get it. And we know he wouldn't. He wouldn't get it. He just wouldn't. So now you are coming to terms in the rain with the fact that your wife of multiple years, many years, at least like 10, 15 years, feels since, that since you, college, yeah, since college, feels that you don't have the range to satisfy her. And those are the thoughts that won't leave your brain. <laughs> and I guess that just... he hasn't had the range for a long time. Right, but it didn't bother him until... Oh, it did. <laughs> I, I feel like it did bother him, but he's just, because he's a whack dude, his effort to try and see what was the issue was was nil. Like, it was barely there. She made the eggs, and he's like, hop on this knob. Like, he's not good at communicating with his fucking wife. And I said, just in general, if your sex is, like, not happening or it's just whack, like, at the very least, go to a sex shop. Go to Babeland. Be like, hey, uh, what do we have here? Or what are the millennials doing these days in the bedroom? Or, you know, maybe someone would have introduced him to pegging, and Eve would have been into that shit hardcore. Or maybe he could have been like, Google. What can I do to spice up my relationship? And I, someone wouldn't recommend like, spanking or something. I feel like he has an improper relationship with at least one of his students where they're like, dude, your wife's hot. Just tell her to slobber your knob. And which That's is dumb. why he's li- dumb. right. And he's probably literally saying verbatim what these kids are telling him to say to his wife because that's what kids would say to girls that they would try to get with. So it's like I feel like you give him too much credit because I don't think he tries anything. I think Nico is the kind of whack husband that just doesn't do what they're supposed to do. And that is, for instance, every day you see your bitch be like, hey, motherfucker, you look banging oh my god you're gorgeous like a reminder a reminder here's a daily a reminder, reminder nice. that i think you're beautiful and i want to rip your clothes off right now but i'm not gonna do it because i have to go to school and teach some children we don't get that vibe from nico the that passion vibe the first bit of passion we see is his passion because he's in some weird competitive thing with villanelle and doing exactly as she as right. she said it's I literally mean. right so i just i'm done with him i'm done with him i want him to be out the paint we know Spoiler alert that in the trailer, in the preview for next episode, where I thought we were done seeing him after this episode, he's there. And it looks like he's in distress. And we'll talk about that later and probably more in the snack episode. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who's responsible for injuring Nico. But um, <laughs> looks like it's going to happen. It's probably the U.S. fan base where they're like, why? I just... Oh, it's just a Killing Eve fan that's broken the fucking it's, I mean, <laughs> the seal of reality to enter the show and kill Nico. When it comes to Sandra, it's hard for me to find a male co-star that can measure up. And so every time that she gets paired with someone that I feel 
on my side is the lesser it's like well what are you doing here and then you don't treat her right on top of that it's like no you gotta go if you're not gonna get written off the show at least you gotta suffer a little and i'm not talking about this i don't want him i mean he can suffer i just really want the suffering to be at eve's own hand i don't and at this point i can't even see why villanelle would injure him i mean i'll go deep into it later but something would have to happen next episode to cause like what like what would be the reason and so i just want it to be eve like i want it to be her i want her to be leveling up even further she leveled up this episode and so maybe she'll be back on her bullshit next episode (laughs) it's like she hit nico one time already maybe she'll hit him with a fucking hammer this time i don't know why he was bleeding from the head but something and so that fucking happens they're having the conversation and he expresses that hey he has hurt feelings eve wasn't honest with him and that he's gonna go and eve is like oh my god no what are you doing where are you going and he's like i need to go and he sharks her hand off his shoulder all violent like and it takes eve back a little bit and she's basically like don't leave me alone and he's like but you're not alone are you see but this is all right so this is what i didn't like i didn't like his mantra and i'm gonna call it that because that's what this was he was not in a place where he could not have a conversation with his wife he had a conversation to say that he was leaving her alone for a bit that he couldn't deal with this he it was broken down it's like remember that time when i tried to talk to you and you weren't ready well i'm still mad about it that's literally what he said he's like and i'm still so mad about it that i'm gonna take my feelings and go somewhere else and i don't mean i don't have quarter for that because if you have if you can break down why you're upset and you're told you didn't have the range to help me sort out all of my feels in that moment he's like you don't know i mean like you can't that's not a defense that's not that's not you absorbing what you're being told you mean about eve being dishonest about what happened in paris she's i mean it was complicated i don't think in my personal opinion i just don't think whether it's nico or anyone else that that situation can go any other way because there is the process of marinating you marinate on the thought process and we can just use our imaginations to know what happened in the sexy scenario but i would imagine everything she did everything she was into that he is questioning the root of this desire and without eve talking to him honestly about all the feelings that she's been having and why she did what she did in, in Paris and why she was in Villanelle's bed where she can at least be honest to the fact of this is not just about murder. It's also about sexual attraction. She can't be honest about anything. She's like, I can't be honest about the fact this is murder. I can't be honest about the fact that this is about my own violence, about my own mask that I've been wearing for the entire time you've been married to me. And I can't be honest about the fact that I'm having the sapphic wake up that I never expected. And so Nico, he's just completely in the dark and he tries to get her to open up for a second. And she's like, no, you wouldn't understand. He's like, but I probably could maybe sort of kind of and she's like no no definitely not and he's like well I guess you'll never know and I mean what are you supposed to do but leave so I was I was cheering because this is everything happened that I wanted that he was upset he tried to go to talk to Eve Eve was like you won't get it and he was like and he stormed out and went to fucking Gemma's I didn't even have to know that he was going to Gemma's I knew in my soul and my heart of hearts that he was going to Gemma's but when we get later on in the show where Eve goes to see and he's fucking talking to Gemma I was like blessings blessings on blessings but after he walks out he's like you're not alone are you and eve again just left silent like when someone reads her to filth and she's like that's true and she just is quiet it's like when eve like if it was in text version she leaves them on red like she yep. <laughs> like she read what she said she's like okay i have like, nothing oh, to add. damn yeah uh hmm. this is wow yeah that's exactly what that was that's exactly mm-hmm. what that was and then we cut to constantine at carolyn's crib 
And we see another hoe come down the stairs while he's in the kitchen doing something with a blender. And the first thing out the the new hoe's mouth is like, oh, God, she hasn't gotten married again, has she? And it's like, Carolyn, <laughs> I stand. I stand a legend. <laughs> this is what your hoes be saying. And Constantine is like, oh, no, I'm just a house guest. And offers the dude some of the smoothie he's making. And the guy's name is John. I'm straight. I don't and, need no smoothie. Right. And we learn that his name is John because Carolyn enters the scene just right after that. And she's like, oh, yeah, so you guys met. Cool. That's yeah. great. <laughs> she's like, this is John. He's from Nairobi and he works at the bureau there. I assume whatever security bureau that works with governments and mm-hmm. stuff. And that they're old friends. Yep. And we know code for old friends is like, schmang friends, mm-hmm. schmang buddy. And of course, Constantine, not to be outdone, it's like, well, you know, Carolyn and I, we're old friends. Yeah. You know, you know, she has lots of friends. See, that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to need you to just calm it down, tone it down, Constantine, because you over here talk about somebody else and their connections and their assets. I mean, he doesn't even say, I mean, he does say a lot of friends, but more specifically, ridiculously, he says she has old friends everywhere. Yes. That's what he emphasizes. And, you know, I just want to say that like two episodes ago, I said Carolyn had hoes in every area Erico, code yep. and postal code. So it's just confirming what I said. I'm not surprised. Constantine is definitely not surprised. I guess he's known Carolyn longer to know that he's in the hotation. And, you know, dude from Nairobi is just kind of like, okay, they're both a little a little bit salty just because I guess who wants to see when you're whole number 37 and you see whole number 16, you're like, bitch, <laughs> I thought it was just me today. And so I'm happy to see that Carol is a fucking G. Mm-hmm. And that is just something, I don't know, just another confirmation, confirmation on confirmation, like we get with the fencing later. And during this conversation of like, oh, you know, old friends, yada, yada, Carolyn has lots of old friends. Kenny fucking emerges. <laughs> While kitchen. everybody's talking about this. <laughs> and he, of course, you know, he already dealt with postcards, so he knows about code and random words. So he knows what they all mean when they decipher it. But do like, you need code when one of the motherfuckers is in really their boxers? Don't. You, you don't really need don't. code when somebody's in their boxers and your mom's hair is a little, a little, a little bedhead. And now what Constantine is saying, you know, we're so we're old friends together. And it's like, oh, oh. You can just oh. feel the tension in the kitchen. I mean, the tension was between the two men. It wasn't between. Right. Because it was. Carolyn. Uh, and like she was she had a look on her face like, hey, I ran out of fucks in 72. So. Right. But <laughs> John came down it. the stairs almost the same way. Like, look, I, I know you're the new husband. Like he was like, let me just let you know. Um. This is just what I do when I'm in this part of the woods. Um, me and Carolyn, you know, we just go way back. This is a thing that we do. I'm in the picture. Deal, deal with me. And Constantine's like, oh, no, no, I'm not the husband's. But, you know, I am. Uh, I'm close to Carolyn. So, I mean, I'm just going to be in the picture. And when I'm in town, I'm going to be someone that you're going to have to deal with when you're in town. So you deal with that. I, <laughs> I think it was like a weird level up, too, because if, if she were married, that would be more insulting to the husband. Like when you're the side hoe. And you're fucking over a married person. Like, that's something else. I think he was sort of like coming in like, oh, Carolyn, you're married again. Like, he had the upper hand. Constantine was getting it back with the power dynamics saying, oh, no, I'm just a side hoe like you. And actually, I think maybe I've been a side hoe for a longer period of time than you, which gives me a ranking hoe position. (laughs) I outrank you. So it just dudes. Dudes being dudes. It was a dick measuring contest. Yes. Carolyn came down the stairs and she was like, put your dicks away. I don't I don't care. (laughs) You're both my hoes. It's fine. Just deal with it. And then they're like, well, I'm fine with it if he's fine with it. I mean, well, I never Are said they? I was a fine with Are it. Are they, though? I think that's fake energy. I don't think that because look, look at the 
faces. Like, could they be like they're fine through the level that they have to be? Because if they want to shmang Carolyn, they ultimately have to be fine. But are they truly fine? I don't oh, of think course so. not. It's no. ego. It's, it's all ego. ego. It's all ego for sure. And so from there, we cut to sullen Villanelle on her Fiona Apple as she lays in bed watching Fiona. TV. Fiona. I got, I got, <laughs> I know, yes, yes. I got Fiona Poor Apple sullen vibes. girl, yeah, such a sullen girl right there. And she's watching TV and she's upset. And we know why the fuck she is upset because Eve was on her knees and it was not for Villanelle. And she was like, "What the fuck do I do?" In that moment, she was like, "Eureka! Let me go to Eve's place and and fuck around, do some fuck shit." And she did. That's she, exactly what she yeah, does. She, she gets the fuck out of yeah, bed. That was calamity. Yeah, she enjoyed every bit of that. We still don't know how long she was outside that apartment. We can muse on it in the snack episode and make bets on how long we think Philanelle fucking watched the ridiculousness that was happening in the Palastri home. But that's enough reason to be sulking the morning after if you had to see that shit. And so she goes into Eve's house and she fucking picks the lock. Good to know that the MI6 agent doesn't even have a fucking ADT or whatever the equivalent is in the UK to protect Absolutely her fucking not. shit. She doesn't fucking care. And she goes in there and we get some fun punk rock type music playing. A little reminiscent of Eve's last bender that she took in Villanelle's Paris flat. And she starts looking around, pulls a leaf off a plant, right? That's one of the things she does. She takes Eve's toothbrush mm-hmm. and puts it in her mouth. And then she starts rearranging some CDs. She hides her mail. She does this like adorable mischievous spin and like smirk when she's just like having fun, just like fucking shit up. And what? I think she also puts an unpeeled banana in like the salt container. Yeah, I was like, why would you? Uh, right, right. Yes, everything about that imagery. Everything about it is hilarious it's so because it's the kind of shit that's like minor enough that'll take you a minute to figure it out but when you figure it out you're gonna be so fucking like annoying who would, son of a fucking the, bitch right and then uh what was that she picked up a book and ripped like a few pages oh, yeah, out of there it there was a book on the counter that she was probably reading and she just went to the center <laughs> <laughs> she went to the center and pulled out like four chapters like she's like she's never gonna know because she's never gonna read this book but like one she day probably she probably was might. like see she's <laughs> fucked up because she did it in the middle so she's like let me let you get invested and connected to that shit so we can get to the middle and you're like hold up where's chapter 11 I'm through gonna... 16 right <laughs> <laughs> and then she's gotta buy a whole new book or go to fucking kindle or some shit and download it so Villanelle does that and she works through some of her angsty feels for Eve being on her knees. And thanks, girl. I'm glad you got some of your shit out because I was wondering how she was going to deal with that. And oh, yeah, she finishes up by brushing her teeth with I don't even know what that toothbrush was for because it was in like a regular makeup bag. But whatever. It's got Villanelle all yep, over it now. Now it does. Yep. And from there, where are we? Uh, I think it's uh, Eve meeting with Carolyn for, oh, yeah, for not breakfast. breakfast. Well, breakfast, but not because <laughs> it looks like they're in some sort of a. Uh, hookah bar but early yeah, it was it was a hookah bar it looked like carolyn probably had them open for her because she seems to do that a lot because it was a it looked pretty extravagant it was large but they were the only ones in there and so i feel like she was like hey you open this for me because i'm me and this is what you do and she does say that when eve comes in she's like oh good morning like weird spot for breakfast because she's kind of being snide with yeah, her comments she she's like a hookah like- bar that's empty like what's even on the menu and carolyn's like bitch i don't even like breakfast i hate breakfast what is the fucking point it's just eggs 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 and i agree with carolyn because i'm not a i mean i know breakfast is good for you but i don't I, breakfast is not something that happens often for me like unless it's the form of a smoothie and if i do the egg thing it's like once a week before i'm just like sick of eggs yeah but she asked like who decided and i was like i literally shouted at the tv i was like you're kin you're kin carolyn the british the British decided on the continental breakfast in the 19th century. Google that shit, girl. You a spy. Mm-hmm. It's your, it'd be your own people <laughs> that were like eggs. She was like, I rebuke this. I don't want it. Not in my because life. Because technically, other cultural backgrounds, 
eggs isn't really the staple. I mean, just speaking for the Caribbean, there's a lot of other options, forms of fish, ackee, dumplings. Like, there are things. Porridge. Right, porridge, I was about to say. Porridge is the staple. And it always shocks me how many people don't know about porridge. But then I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was raised around all immigrants. That's that's the thing I didn't quite understand. But yeah, porridge, porridge. So no, Carolyn, it doesn't have to be eggs. You just need to go outside of the English yes. breakfast circle and get what you need. So after she goes off about breakfast being whack, she sits down and Eve asks her, What's happening with Aaron Peel? Did she arrest him? And Carolyn's like, no. And Eva's like, why, bitch? He <laughs> ordered his dad's death. What's going on? And she's like, I'm playing, playing the long, long game, game, bitch. Watch this video. And she puts on a video of, it was basically a journalist who went there to interview Peel Jr. about his fuck shit and get some information on what he's doing with like people's privacy stuff. And from the onset of the interview, after he asked some question about surveillance and basically insinuates that he's dodgy, Aaron gets all creepy and he's like, oh, I'm dodgy. Word on the East Streets is that you like surveillance yourself. And the journalist is like, well, what do you mean? What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you and your wife. How about you and your wife and your S&M escapades? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She likes to talk about it, laugh about it with her friends. And the journalist is like, um, that's private. How do you know that? And he's like, bitch. I know everything. I feel like yes. he was basically saying he's malevolent Oz. I see he all. Was, I know all. He was no information doing is safe that. from me. Like I am the I am the server in which you upload. Like he was just doing all these things. I think he says specifically, there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed. So fucking right. creepy. What, uh, what was left in the dark shall be brought to light. Like all those weird mantras. I can't. It's like, does that count for you too, Aaron? Does it? Because I hope it does. And shortly thereafter, the footage cuts off and Eve is like, yo, we got to talk to this dude. And Carolyn's like, mm. <laughs> she's like, too late. Here's a picture of him stuffed down a sewer, which what a horrible way to die. There are so many horrible ways to die. But like a claustrophobic death in a fucking stinky ass sewer is a, it's like towards the top yeah, of the list for me. No me gusta. I'm good with that. Yeah. And so actually right after she shows that picture and is like, yeah, no, he it's been the story's been sold that it just you know he was a urban adventurer where something fucking went wrong but actually let me tell you this random ass fucking story about my brother who used to stuff hamsters into a loo roll as she calls it or toilet paper roll for us americans and initially i like the way this is played because sandra oh her face initially has a reaction of what could potentially be interpreted as disgust but i think it's more so confusion and then she just kind of oscillates real quick and instead of saying like that's weird why would you tell me that she's like well how many did he get in there and carolyn's like three and she's like huh and then they move the fuck on. Carolyn, what's up with your family members? Is, uh, <laughs> that's the question I have. Snapple fact family. Holy uh. fuck. You know what I was thinking too is I wonder if some statements like these for Carolyn are mini tests for Eve to see like, will she bother with empathy this time? Will she bother with the shroud of like, oh, that's awful that your brother was stuffing hamsters into a loo roll because I, I feel like a loo roll, a toilet paper roll is max four inches long. Right. What are you so doing you stuffing three hamsters, hamsters, three of them in there? You're a fucking in demon. A minute? You are a demon. <laughs> that is Something mean. is wrong with you. I had a roommate years ago that had a, a blind a blind hamster that lived oh, in the no. loft. It was adorable. You could spray perfume and he would just come out to find the perfume. And it's just like, you don't need to be stuffing hamsters or gerbils into a roll. That's, well, they didn't ask for that shit. So that's fucking weird. And I think Carolyn ends the conversation basically saying that there's going to be some Faraday conference happening in Rome in a couple weeks. And she's like, you need to make sure that we, as an MI6, are right there with them. And to me, I interpreted that as get it done, bitch. Do what you need to do to make sure we're at the Faraday, which is probably why, you know, when we cut next scene to Jess Hugo, and Eve at the office, it's not a hop, skip, and a jump before she's like, Villanelle, 
Villanelle, Villanelle. Right, because they're like, um, Carlin says I should do whatever it takes. Villanelle. So help me figure out whatever it takes. Uh, what 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 do we know on this guy? Well, we don't know nothing. Uh, he has no uh, interests. He has no, he's never photographed with a plus one guy or girl. Uh, or Hugo also adds what something about a robot, anatomically correct robot. And I'm just like, ew. He would be the one to try to venture into that. But he's, he's trying probably to... tried a robot himself. I really think the people trying robots, though, in general, like sex bots, because the industry is moving faster for men for obvious reasons, that the only sex robot I've seen for a woman looks like it's designed to kill her via plastic dick because you can't yeah. you can't have a fucking dildo that's punching like a piston do you know what i mean like an engine piston just like and that's supposed to be like that's murder that's, that's trying to ruin I mean, someone's uterus is. and cervix like that's not that's not what you do well when men are designed to robots they're of, of course, course not gonna get it right <laughs> Uh, because what? they're not concerned. Men with are experts that. in women's pleasure. I mean, do, no, do we, they're not <laughs> trying to be experts in women's pleasure. They're experts in their own pleasure. They're like, here's this doll that looks enough like a woman for me. Flesh touch. I'm going to fuck it. They're like, here's this this quote unquote invention for women. But really, it's a murdering invention. This is a fucking misogyny invention that's designed to kill you. There's no pleasure in that. Because first of all, the the angle. The angle, the, right. if it's straightforward, we know the G spot is nowhere near that angle. Right. So you, you what's gotta, happening? Yeah, it's, I'm so sorry. Actually, you know what? We should link that video we found on Facebook with that sex, the sex health expert who just oh, looks yeah. like she a soccer like... mom. But in, when she first started the video, she had that puppet, the pussy puppet. And I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Where are we going with this? But by the she time she got to that up. part, she, she was speaking, speaking the truth. Up. She was speaking the truth. When she explained what genitalia is and that the clit is genitalia, but the vagina isn't and blah, 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 blah. This is sex. And then she was like, so when a man is having sex with you, he's basically just using you as a cum bucket. And I was uh -huh. like, yo, bitch, uh -huh. misandry. I wasn't sure if she was a misandrist, but right then and there, I was like, she's running the gay agenda and I'm not mad at it. I'm not. Because was she lying? I mean, I didn't I didn't smell a lot. Not at all. And the I girl, didn't see a lot myself. The girl recorder was like, mm-hmm. Yo, wow. And it's like, yep, you learned so much. So you can't be inventing things for women's pleasure that just involves a fucking dick ramming it in at 90 degrees. That's not going to work. I reject it. Doesn't physics. So, yeah, we cut to Eve and Hugo in the office and they're talking about that shit. And he's got no lovers. He's got no friends. He's just a fucking loser. He's fucking Scrooge. He mentioned he says some side comment about like trying to get uh, an agent or somebody close to uh, Aaron Pill is like getting a sex offender to a convent. Oh, yeah. Jess muses <laughs> about, well, let's I... Either it's Jess or, or Eve, but they muse about, can we just get somebody in a skirt, essentially, in front of them? And he's like, well, that's going to be hard because convents and pedophilia. And Jess is like, but isn't it actually easy? <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, like, Zinga. Yeah, he's like, uh, but you know what I mean. He's like, mm, what She's do, like do I, though? Use, <laughs> a, use a better analogy, bitch. I thought she went to Oxford. Like, use that fucking Oxford education. They look at Eve like, oh, yeah, we need a dress to get close to Peel. And she's like, well, well it can't be me because I've seen I him. feel like they looked at Eve because they just expect her to have the ideas. Like, they couldn't have possibly expected expected Eve, Eve, who's not good at being a field spy yet, right. to go into the field and full hour and peel. I just think they were sort of like, hey, you always have an answer. Well, I, I expect Villanelle to come after. Like, that's really what they expect is that Eve has an answer because Eve thinks she knows everything. Eve thinks her plan is always correct. So they looked at that bitch like, you're the team leader. So what do we do? And she was like, why are you looking at me? It's not supposed to be me. And I think that's because she was kind of thinking a little bit in her head, too, that she would love for it to be her if it could be because she's interested in playing these games that Villanelle plays ultimately of like playing pretend, being scary or getting some sort of information all secret like the... I guess maybe a peel person would like someone to twirl on some isosceles. Maybe that's his. Uh, what? Maybe that's his <laughs> king. We don't know. Um, 
Peel doesn't have any kinks, but potentially sadism. But well, you know, he's on that Raymond extreme track. Extreme voyeurism. I'm gonna just say that what? that is. I feel like he does it. But is it voyeurism if you're just violating people's privacy? Like the voyeurism kink, ideally, hopefully, should involve consent. <laughs> like, yo, well, like, can I, I watch see him can as you a consent person? Not uh, most. Ins- uh, no, but that's what I'm saying. Is it voyeurism then? If he's just looking at people's private information, he's just being a fucking creep. Like that's not a consent. What is that? That the MT wait MGOT whatever it is to go their own way. Hell, you're talking about the incels. Yeah, no, that's that's. Oh, you referencing that guy tried to rip apart this weekend, <laughs> and um, as usual, dudes find me intimidating. I mean, while I appreciate that, I just wish one of these incels or men go their own way would engage me with the level of energy they like to engage some of my friends. I come in the scene, I'm like, hey, incel, what's up? I mean, what I said to that last guy this weekend, where he was like, oh, you calling in to Lance? And he was like, you're calling in your friend, your beta male, calling in your woman friend to defend you, and I was like. He's calling me because I'm a misandrist and I eat men like you for lunch. Like, let's go. But then he disappeared. He, he went away. And I was <laughs> and like, oh, man. He lost his Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> uh, listeners, in, in case you didn't know, one thing I like to do for fun, you know, in between work, just when I want to get a breath of fresh air, is troll meninists and incels and men going their own way online. So if you've never done it, have some fun. It's worthwhile just to see these men cry if you can actually get them to talk back to you. Oh, so <laughs> there, so Eve Eve is like, what are you looking at me for? I'm not going to do it. And they're like, because you're the team leader. That's, that's why we're looking at you. And I feel like the entire time she was like, Villanelle, Villanelle could probably mm-hmm, do it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I think it's actually Jess who, after Hugo says that, she's like, but like, he's a dude. So we could probably try to finagle something. And... They're like, who, who, who? I wonder who. Cut to. Oh, it's uh, even Jess and they're making their way towards uh, Carolyn's house. And she's like, all right, um, say it was your idea. This is what. She's uh, a mess. She's got to <laughs> fucking stop. First of all, Carolyn, Carolyn already knows that it's your idea, Eve. She already knows. And Jess is like, fine, I guess. But really? <laughs> and- she's like, literally, I suggest Villanelle for every mission, for every <laughs> single fucking mission. I'm just trying to mix it up, even though I am suggesting Villanelle again. I mean, it reminds me of, I don't know if any of you listeners used to watch Pup Named Scooby-Doo, where like the young Freddy will always be like, it was the red herring. It, red herring did it. Every single episode, it was this one kid that would always get blamed for every crime. And he had absolutely nothing to do with mm-hmm. any of the mysteries. And, you know, that's probably how everybody thinks Eve is with this villain now. It's like, well, what does any of this have to do with her? Well, it eventually will. She's like, eventually, just connect the dots. <laughs> Six degrees of separation, always from Villanelle. And so <laughs> she's a fucking mess. So Constine opens the fucking door and Eve's face like it was like uh, she's annoyed. He was like, wait, are you are you here to yell at me? He's like, you're not yelling, but it feels like you're yelling at me. Why? Because you um you stole my asset. And you dumped cross me when I gave well, that for your family. He, he was like, who, me? Here, get a scream because what? You ran off of Villanelle. You fucking sold me out, sold me down the river. You fucking lied to me and ran off of Villanelle. No, no, no. I'm not here to talk about that. Me? No, not at all. I'm not upset. No, no. It's I'm totally good. I'm totally fine. And Constantine is like, um, the lie detector has told me that that is a lie. <laughs> that is a lie. And actually, the way you're speaking to me right now, your octave hasn't changed, but the yelling, it's still there. And she just kind of like gives that look to Jess where she's like, you know what? I can't. I can't with you, Constantine. And Jess is like, hey, so we're here to make you an offer. You and Villanelle. And it doesn't involve murder. And he's like, oh, interesting. 
or I think he just kind of goes, hmm. And we cut to Eve waiting in front of Villanelle's new flat, which is way more chic as shit, to quote Eve, than the mm -hmm. Paris one. It's bigger. Mm -hmm. And there's, I'm like, did it come furnished or did Villanelle buy that shit? Like, did she just get one of those furnished places? And uh... So much happens off screen and we just don't know. We don't know. What we should reference at this point, because it goes in chronologically, is the deleted scene. Yes, for everybody because who caught the episode actually, live. Actually, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I should take that back. That's weird. Because she opens the door, doesn't she? Yeah, Villanelle opens the door and says, like, you know, like, you know, uh, hello, partner, like, from the preview versus the deleted moment where it's Eve, like, just let herself on in. And, and she wasn't alone. Was I think uh, Constantine was there. or No, Constantine was, you mean the deleted scene? Yeah. Interesting. So what I have to assume is that maybe the deleted scene doesn't go here. Maybe because she initially meets with Villanelle by herself, where she like sort of is like, is the case. Maybe she goes back to Villanelle's crib for a follow up that just got cut. And she and Constantine is there because Constantine is eventually in the van. I'm like, why is he in the van? So he must have heard some of the briefing and she just lets herself the fuck in. But it really just gives me hope and excitement for next episode where we know Eve is sitting on her bed doing what? Looking a little shook as she tends to look. And I'm like, did you just invite yourself in again? Did you just invite yourself in while Villanelle was sleeping and sit in her bed? Because I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, and I hope that the first I'm thing okay Villanelle says when she wakes up is, I hope you took off your shoes. <laughs> hey! Like, hey, what? hey. Hmm. She didn't take off her shoes in Gemma's house, but listen, <laughs> she had no room for respect in that house. Absolute none. She was on her polite, on her bullshit politeness or fake politeness. She was like, yeah, this is such a big house. You know, I couldn't afford it on a teacher's salary. <laughs> Not nervous at all. Uh, I just hope she doesn't end up being a plant too. Oh, please. You, you gotta, <laughs> Gemma, I can't. I'm not even going to entertain Gemma as a plant because I just can't. I just can't. Hmm. But we get the high partner and the welcome to my new home. And Eve doesn't smile because she's being all fake and shit. Still probably mad about Nico and the fact that he just left. And it's mostly Villanelle's fault, but actually not. It's her fault. It's all your fault, Eve. You know, uh, uh, poor me. Poor me. That's what it is. And she's trying to not. You think Eve is going poor me? I think, yeah. I think she can find many ways to put blame everywhere except on herself. Well, I think that's probably true. But is she like poor me? Are you really missing out? I mean, it's I her don't safety think she blanket. Is. Without her safety blanket, what lies can she tell herself? You know, if your marriage isn't there to normalize you, to be like, yeah, I'm married. I've been married for 20 years. He's a teacher. Yeah, he's really, you know, Nico's a great guy. He's so sweet. He's so normal. Without Nico there to anchor the normalcy in her life, to, to give her the adjunct friends that she clearly doesn't give a shit about. And the more we learn about Eve, the more it becomes obvious why she was like, oh, there's a dinner party? I'm forgetting it. We planned it nearly a year in advance, but I still have forgotten, Nico. Oh, is it this same annual shit that happens at your school? I've forgotten it. I don't fucking care because ultimately it's like, it's superfluous. It's there for dressing, but she's actually not interested in any of the content of Nico's fucking life. She wants it to be there to make herself feel better. Oh, right. So she is in Villanelle's fucking place. And the first thing Villanelle asks is like, <laughs> how'd it go with Nico? And Eve is like, mind your goddamn business. Oh, that, your business. that good, huh? That, that's what I would have said after that. Oh, that good? Hmm. I'd have been like, did you get rug burns? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm petty and I'm rude. And, you know, Ooh. Villanelle's petty and rude, too. She could have been more petty and rude in that moment, but she held back. Uh, like, um, So I didn't know you could have been like that, Eve. Like... She would have a slideshow of foes with no flash. Like, hmm, looks like you had a good 
time. Oh my god, I'm glad she didn't because I don't want to see any of those fucking photos. Even though it would have been funny to see Eve, like, what the fuck? You know, I like being watched. But <laughs> I have a side theory too that that Eve probably thought somewhere that Villanelle was watching, and that also added to the kink. But yeah, I that's think meta meta. That's like Inception meta. When she I'm like, went okay. over to that door and saw Nico, like, oh god, Nico, what are you doing out there? I'm pretty sure she was hoping. That what she was feeling was that it was Villanelle out there and not Nico. And I still think they were both out there. What do you mean? I think At they the, were both out but there. Why would, but why would Nico know that Villanelle is out there? No, and not... he wouldn't know. That's the thing. They but were... of course they were both out there. We saw they were both in the rain. Right. I'm telling you, he walked from the fucking train stop. And Villanelle was behind him like <laughs> half a block. She right. knows how to trail people. She followed him on the train. She watched him the entire time. She was thinking her thoughts. She followed him home to see exactly what was going to happen when he got back to Eve. And then she watched that shit for unknown amounts of time. <laughs> I'm going to have to keep definitely watching that that first rustle in the in the bushes or whatever. Because it's like they they approached the, the house from two different angles. I'm thinking the first thing that Eve saw or thought she heard was Villanelle. And then the person who came in happened to be Nico. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I, I feel like it looked like Nico's clothes when we see the shoulder because Villanelle is in a light colored shirt and it looked like a dark colored shirt and Nico was dark colored plus he has dark hair and Villanelle has lighter hair. So to me, it looked like it was the side of Nico, but I'm not sure. I just think that Eve, whether it's true or not, often thinks that Villanelle's watching her, much yes. like the Apple situation. So it doesn't even matter if Villanelle watched the entire time or she was like, let me get my binoculars for the second level. It counts that Eve thinks Villanelle was potentially watching and thinking about it. And how could she not when Villanelle literally sent the motherfucker there, straight there? He was like, Villanelle came to see me. She told me what you did. So Eve has been studying this bitch for months. Does she really not think that Villanelle wasn't close by to see the fucking effects of her whatever, which is probably another reason why she doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> she doesn't want to fucking talk about it. And then Villanelle's like, okay, fine. You want to talk about your uh, session with Nico? That's cool. So you want me to not kill somebody? That's weird. Do you know what it is I do for a living? <laughs> like, do you know me at all, Eve? Do you know? And Eve was like, well, it'll be a challenge. It's different. It's a challenge, you know. That'll be fun. And she's like, I don't like challenges, though. And so Eve is like, well, would you like me to ask someone else? And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that was great. It was like a pouty protest. Like, how dare you ask me if I want you to ask someone else? Of course not. I'm just letting you know that it's me. I'm complaining. That's what's happening. Right. Like, I'm allowed to say my feet hurt. It doesn't mean I want to go home. Exactly. <laughs> and Eve is like, okay, good. So let's talk about this pill motherfucker. He doesn't like people. His only relationship is with his sister who is currently attending a meetings in London. And we're going to use her to get to him. I have feelings about all of this. Even uh, well, uh, to reference right now or when we get to those well, actual scenes. Well, Amber herself. But, but we'll go piece by piece. So maybe I'll have to wait till the end. But I've just got feelings. There are feelings to be had. Mm -hmm. And so Villanelle is like, okay, that sounds clever. AA is a great way to get to someone. And she asks Eve who she wants, which, wow. What a scene. I have a couple favorite scenes from this episode. <sighs> this is definitely one of them because we see Villanelle just sort of flip between four accents, an American accent, an Australian accent, a British accent, including her native Russian accent. And it's pretty fucking delicious, a fucking scene. And so she's like, who do you want? Do you want a motherfucking posh British bitch who is a gap year tragedy and fell in love with her Coke dealer? Or do you want an Aussie fucking, what is it, a 
a skin sunscreen yeah, like, heiress or something yeah. like that who oh she has a super successful bikini brand that's what it was and then you know Eve is at that point like when she talks about the bikini brand person she's like closing her book because Villanelle's kind of circling her like a shark and she's like this is fun this is interesting I've always wanted to see this live and in color thank you so much and the third personality she goes to after she switches to Russian is like oh no neither of those I got it and she introduces us to Billy who is from New York and she's got an American accent of course and now this is where I'm not sure about the writers because we live in New York right. and I don't like something about the way she said it like if she was talking to an actual New Yorker I'd be like girl you ain't from New York the other side of the bridge what the fuck does that mean the other side yeah. of the bridge which bridge we got so many damn bridges that too for those of you not familiar with New York, there's a bridge on every corner of the island of Manhattan. So when people say New York, most people assume you mean New York City because while upstate is also New York, for us pretentious city dwellers, we're like, it doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> New, York, yeah, no. New York is New York City. So that being said, we're probably talking about Manhattan, especially if we're talking about a rich girl. Okay, which bridge, bitch? On the wrong side of the bridge? What bridge could you be on the wrong side of if you're a fucking right. Manhattan area? If heiress? you're near the bridge, uh, it's all the right side. It's all- <laughs> <laughs> if you like, like, are we are we saying she lives in the Bronx? Like, it doesn't make any sense. We have so many bridges. We've got two bridges going to Brooklyn. We've got bridges going to Queens. We've got fucking Staten Island. We've got the Bronx. And then we've got several little bridges in all of those other spaces. So to me, that was weird. Like, I feel like if they were going to say that, they probably should have modified it and been like Jersey. You know, Jersey heiress who grew up on the wrong side of the track because we got jokes about bridge and tunnelers, you know. But that's the only thing that I thought was off about what she said about her cover because, I, you know, I was just like, the wrong side of the bridge. That doesn't work. That's not that's not apropos. And then it was just to impress the corrector because she's supposed to be the American. But it's like, well, you know, whatever. She was too busy. Like, wow, you're so amazing when Mm -hmm. you switch accents like that. I'm so impressed. But she does get her shit together when she ends that shit talking about oh yeah and I have an accent that's really 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 annoying and Eve just like deadpans for a second and then she beams and she's like I like the accent (laughs) I think it's great what's her name and Billy and she's like Billy you know what this made me think of remember when uh Rebecca Romain Samos was trying to sleep with Hugh Jackman what and Rebecca Romain Samos was trying to seduce Hugh Jackman no in one of those X-Men films, she was like... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hugh she Jackson was like, is in an X-Men film? Oh, wait. Yeah, no, he's Wolverine. I yeah. just lost the name for a second. And then she was like, well, what do you what do you like? And oh, then she kept... X-Men 1. It was right? probably... I mean... When Rogue is, like, being held captive in, like, kind of an ivory tower, oh, but it's not yeah. the ivory tower, and, like, Mystique is trying to fight Wolverine, and she pretends to be Jean and other things. I feel like that's... that's I mean, I think that's what happened. They were in some sort of, like, tent or something. Or whatever. And then he's, she's like, well, what do you like? And so she just keeps going from different women. And then she went to a guy. Like, she was just trying to get a she's rise like, out of what's your flavor? Right. <laughs> Tell me what's your flavor. So with, uh, you know, Oksana going through all these accents, like, well, who do you who do you need for this job? Well, it let's was like, first of all know that Eve soiled her undies yet again. She's like, God damn it. This can't keep happening at work. All right. Uh, I keep two pair. <laughs> I keep two pair dealing she used with to you. She to keep a fucking whole pack at Villanelle's mm. place, and she's clearly going to be popping up sight unseen, whenever the fuck she feels like it. Which good, I want that. So they settle on Billy, and what I like about the scene too is after Sandra O, oh, or rather Eve, repeats Billy. They just stare at each other for a mm-hmm, second. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how often does this happen with y'all? That you have a conversation, the tension is still there, and you're just staring at each other for like five beats. And then you're like, oh, okay, okay, are we going to do this now? Or- <laughs> <laughs> like, is, like, is, is it go time? Is it go time? time or- 
It's trying to fill it out like. Phil was like, is it go? Do you want to go to my bunk? Like, what are we doing? Like, I'm you, open to do, options. Do you want to wait? Do you need to go and change? Like she did episode five. <laughs> do you want to first go and change your. Uh... You change your pants. <sighs> so after we leave our ladies deciding on the next cover story, we cut back to Jess and Eve who are at the MI6 office and Hugo walks in. And Eve on her bullshit is like, oh, "Oh, Kenny, Kenny, (laughs) hey, Kenny, Kenny, can you get a jump start on the social media presence for Billy? And he's like, "Uh, I'm one of two guys that works here and (laughs) I have my own agency. You should treat me and respect me as the individual that I am and not like, you know, that's too much. It is. But (laughs) (laughs) but he had his feelings hurt because he probably thought. Thanks to two episodes ago that he had raised his stock with Eve, but uh... I mean, well, that's sort of raised. I mean, you're at Kenny level. No, nah. he's he's without being the new Kenny, he's the new Kenny. But why that's bad for him is that Kenny is just an object in a sense. Going back to what that therapist was saying, is he's just an object for Eve to use. If you're in her orbit and you can't do anything for her, bye, bitch, bye. Yeah. And so the fact that she just fired fucking Kenny last episode, Hugo is in the new Kenny. And what I like about it too is that, to me, it also means Hugo's no longer fuckable. Because Kenny was never fuckable. And if she can't even be bothered to say your name, your actual name out loud, she's not thinking about you like that. And I, I like to think that that's Nico's impact a little bit. That, you know, she he came back on his fucking weird gully courtesy of fucking villanelle and she hopped on the knob got that out her fucking system so there's no reason to fucking look at hugo anymore because hugo had that edge for a minute that she thought okay i could fall onto this dick i guess that wouldn't be the worst thing she gets it out with nico and he's now suddenly he's kenny sonny hugo is fucking kenny hugo was standing close to her in the locker an episode four remember he was still trying to flirt Oh, what are you going to do with her? And they were on that page and he just walked the fuck in. And she's like, you basically might be a little boy. Like you might as well be young ass fucking Kenny who's just here to do my bidding. And if that's, if you're not doing my bidding, well, you don't, you're irrelevant. We don't need you on this team. Yeah. And well, yay for Hugo. So they're developing this digital profile and they're backdating to make it look like Billy is a, you know, real life person. With... They give her a couple degrees, but nothing too fancy. Uh, then they're like, well, throw some DUIs in there. Don't make it, you know, too clean. Oh, yeah, that's Jess. I did, 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 I don't think Hugo even had any really good ideas. It was really all Jess and Eve. They were like, yeah, do this, give her degrees. And Jess is like, yeah, give her DUIs, make it. And they're like, post date it. And it's like, does he need to know that? If, if you needed to reinforce <laughs> Hugo to post date those posts. I don't know what to say. I don't know why he works for MI6. So from there, we go to the next scene, which is uh, Carolyn, Eve, and Villanelle. And Carolyn is debriefing Eve and Villanelle on what's going to be happening going forward with the Peel investigation, saying that Moscow rules are in effect, meaning Cold War shit. Everything's analog. There's no messages. There's no cell phone calls. There's no emails. Nothing that can be electronically traced because Peel is all over that shit. He's fucking Mark Zuckerberg on steroids. And they have to assume that he's going to be watching and bugging all the things connected to anything connected to his sister or his life. During this whole conversation, Villanelle's got this look and she's kind of like sizing up Carolyn. She's looking her up and down. And you see Eve like look over a couple times to be like, yo, what are you doing? Why are you looking at Carolyn like that? And after Carolyn finishes her initial statement, Villanelle's like, oh, so um, you're the you're the real boss. That's you. <laughs> and I don't know what your feelings are, but what I interpreted real boss to mean was of the 12. Like she wasn't talking about MI6. She was like, you're the one who sends me on missions. How I know it's you. (laughs) I think that that's what she was getting at as well. And then Carolyn was like, Wait, what question am I answering here? Yeah, Eve was like, Villanelle, Villanelle, <laughs> like, don't, like, this is, this is my boss. Like, can you stop? And Villanelle's like, you stop. Shh, shh, shh. 
Carolyn speaking. Go ahead, Carolyn. Ah. Like, she's, she's such a bitch. Oh, my God. And Carolyn answers her. She's like, yes. It was an interesting way that they played this scene because Carolyn gives certain looks and open to interpretation what she's thinking. But I, that's what I think. I think she was talking about the 12 and I think Carolyn answers her honestly in that moment where she's talking about the 12 and whether or not Eve clocks it, who knows? She's usually just obsessing about Villanelle and other things that aren't even relevant to what other people are talking about at the time. So who knows if she catches it? But I really, that's, that's what I think. I'm loving this children in the class, uh, energy that they're both given where it's like oh, yeah. they're both trying to be I guess the best pupil in front of Carolyn and then she brings out the uh, quartermaster and uh, you get Villanelle saying oh are you gonna give us like fancy spy tech with like a pin with a pointed laser and he's like you know I've been here doing this job for, for 17 years do you know how many times people have made that joke and she's like a lot <laughs> he's like no never because you know people respect this line of work and she's like oh Eve kind of gives her a little snooty, dirty look. But then when he starts opening the stuff, Eve's like, oh, oh, cool. And then she's like, hello, Eve. Be professional. <laughs> well, they're basically going back and forth in this scene. And it's very sort of like a lot of couple vibes where they it's almost as if they've been at this forever and they've not. Because they just look a bit like a married couple with how they're acting with each other one minute. Eve is chiding Villanelle for interrupting Carolyn. And Villanelle's like, no, you, you be, you should be careful. You just interrupted her. And then it's, oh, we're going to fucking crack this joke with this guy. And Eve is like giving her a look like, girl, you need to stop. And then he's showing them the freaking bug. And he's like, oh, yeah, this relays off your GPS. And Evie's like, oh, that's fucking cool. She wants to touch it. Villanelle's like, be professional. And like slaps her <laughs> hand away. And it's just like, I feel like Carolyn's in the back. And she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Curiouser and curiouser. Look at these two. It's like they've been married for five years. What uh-huh. is going on here? Interesting indeed. And so I like that it's it's getting more cutesy. Like as time goes on, Eve is sort of like trying to get rid of, whether subconsciously or constantly, that 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 feral energy she has about Nico. And just let it drop to the side and just realize that your feral energy is about the fact that you've not had your O with Villanelle. And that's what needs to happen for you to calm the fuck down and stop being so fucking ridiculous. And from there, we cut to Eve at a cafe with Jess. And she seems preoccupied looking at her phone, some text messages. Jess notices because I think she was just straight up reading her screen. She was just reading her screen. And she's I mean, like, wow, Nico there's problems? not much to read when all of the texts are one color and on one side of the screen and you notice it's not a conversation. It's like all bullets. It's like, well, after a while, if you don't get a response, stop sending messages out. Like, Oh, but you can't do that if you're in a relationship. (laughs) You just got to blast the bitch until they get back to you. I mean, she was trying. toxic. Oh, my gosh. If it's your husband, I just feel like at the very least, you can be like, are you returning to the abode this evening? And you can just do a simple text. No. (laughs) Right. Like, just to to leave a bitch on red. She had an iPhone. lock. By X o'clock. Why would she lock the top lock? He got keys. I'm saying she deserves, I mean, deserve that might be rough, but I'm just saying it's a realistic expectation if you are still legally married to someone to be like, hey, I realize we're in a fight. I realize you're like, Eve, you're on your fuck shit. I'm just wondering, are you returning home tonight? And Nico could be like, no, the end. But she was like, hey, hey, where are you? Hey, um, I'm sorry. Nico. Is this thing on? And at this point, Nico was probably crying on Gemma's shoulder about his relationship. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. On on Gemma's perfumed shoulder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Jess makes some runoff comment about, oh, it's nothing a compliment and a BJ can't solve. Like, girl, maybe for your husband. I was your about boyfriend. to say, first off, you, you're assuming that the marital woes are relatable. With whatever you and your mate is going through. Or maybe she's assuming that blowjobs help 
most dudes calm down, which is probably also true. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it's funny, but oh, man. Mm. But a blowjob would have worked for Eve like two episodes ago because Nico really wanted that knob slob. It's oh, yeah. just that now that he has this new awakening of information, a blowjob isn't fucking good enough. And when Villanelle decides to come into her fucking seat, she's like, yeah, I'm um, seconding the thought that Candace was having that I don't think a blowjob is yeah. going to do yeah, it. We're, we're going to go ahead and uh, vote nay on the blowjob and compliments. He, and Eva's like, what the fuck that. are you doing here? Why are you here? She's like, bitch, you know where I'm here. I'm here because you're here. <laughs> I want to fucking mess with you. And, you know, she starts talking about Nico. And she's like, you know, Nico's too good for you. He's too nice. I mean, I wouldn't have said those words, but I, I get the leave Nico alone. I get the, all that. I don't know about the too nice. Too nice as in he's not going to give you that BDSM that you actually want because he has to be taught. Well, I mean, and I even don't want to say not into it. Where I was about to say, I, I mean, don't make it hopeless for people who don't already know. Yes, get your learn on and learn how to make yourself happy and then make other people happy. Yes. Although he did say he was into it. I think maybe it's just a matter of if you can't understand the driving the driving thing or whatever behind the kink that it's harder for you to get into it. Especially if you're like, I'm being used as an avatar. I'm a fucking proxy. So it's not even about me. She's thinking other things when mm -hmm. I do this and mm -hmm. I'm disturbed. Um, even my hairy knuckles is making her think of oh a woman. Oh my God. Why do you have the worst he's visuals? This is a scene with Villanelle and Eve. My God. it's He's gross. Say something nice about Villanelle. What's your problem? <laughs> this is a scene. She's wearing a suit. She looks great in the suit. She does. I mean, she's been looking great with this this blazer on this entire time. Oh. Well, she's basically was saying, you know, he's too normal for you. And then she's, I guess, championing normal. She's putting normal on a pedestal. Eve is for some reason because she, I guess, feels like she should. She has no real reason to. It's like a weird bias. Like she's just preset to be like, well, normal's the way to go. I don't know why she thinks that she... That's what society she, says. Society says normal's the way to go. And she's being told by what could be the best love of her entire life that, you know what, you don't have to do that. There are other ways to be. Eve gives her that statement that's basically like, yeah, you don't get it. You know, you have no idea what it's like to fucking live and be polite and just be this nice fucking person than it is to be what you do. Do what you want and kill who you want. And basically Villanelle's like, you mean like us? <laughs> like like the, you and me like the two of us we are both this way right because uh, for as long as i've known you've existed you've been off the rails you have been anything but normal you finding me in paris that was not a normal thing to do you were told to go home and to pack up the office it's a normal thing to do if you have backup. It's and a normal thing to do if you actually follow the rules and you intend to arrest someone she could have potentially arrested villanelle you know, and brought her back to MI6 and done whatever. She wasn't on that shit. She was, she was on something else entirely. Something else fucking entirely. It's, it's not normal to lose luggage every time you travel. Like, that's not a normal thing. I think she just is that in general. According to Nico, that's something that has happened the entire time he's known <laughs> Eve, that she lost her luggage. So that's just her being her. But my goodness, Villanelle calls her out on that and... Like most times when Eve is called out on something and she's just silent, she just is like, okay, yeah. I you have no comeback for this, right? That sounds like it was a truth bomb. I feel like I heard. Also, where was Villanelle sitting in this damn cafe? Because she definitely heard Jess's quip about blowjobs. And then there she just slithers up as soon as Jess leaves to be like, hey, girlfriend. Of, of course, I was going to make an Elena comment and say like, it's a this is a conversation that Elena would be having with Eve and not 
a Jess. I don't think that they're on, her and Jess are on this, these gal pal terms. I don't, I don't read them as that. Like it's not an actual relationship. I don't, it's, don't a, read that. it's a, it's a work relationship and depending, you can like say weird off things to your, or just one off things to your colleagues and, it's like not what? really about a real relationship. You're just sort of like making small talk <laughs> at the job. Like what? Too much? I mean, I'm pregnant, so I'm going to talk about BJ's or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's just. Mm. Well, Jess is having a child out of wedlock. So maybe she fucking has some fucking clues. Because remember, they say she has a boyfriend. You have the theory that she got knocked up recently. And Carolyn is disappointed <laughs> that she got knocked up. But Eve doesn't even have the hope of like a familiar relationship. Like, it's interesting that Jess is putting down roots. You know, she's establishing something with herself and her family that is something like the ghost. It's permanent. I will have something to lose. It's the likelihood that Jess is going to want to run out into the field. And be completely reckless like Eve is, is much smaller because Eve is like, I don't got no plans for no damn children. (laughs) (laughs) I've never had plans for children. Never. Nope, never. After that scene with Villanelle and Eve, we cut to the Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Yeah. And Amber is talking and she places her mom's death as like the starting point when things got really bad. And really considering the dudes in her family, like we didn't meet her dad, but I assume that he is just as fucked up, if not more fucked up than her brother, that no wonder you on drugs, girl. Look at your Peel family. It's it's disturbing. The the people in there are fucking disturbing people. She like says some bad moments, oh, mystery pants or whatever the fuck, fucked up nights. And well, that's it, that she's fucked up, that she's an addict and here's my story and whatever. Then Villanelle, as Billy, gives her own confession of sorts, but it's not really a confession. It's like a cliff-noted Eve story. (laughs) She talks about hurting someone in Paris and that her marriage is failing and that her best friend died, but it's not her fault. It was an accident. Just like her life is horrible and the group doesn't buy that shit at all. I think she ends and the fucking ginger leader is like, poor me. Pour me, pour me a drink. And she's like, what? And then the woman sitting next to her is like, yeah, um, listen, <laughs> we've all made excuses. We've all been here playing the blame game. And it's like, she doesn't get it right away. And it's interesting. I don't, I don't know what you think. I'm of two thoughts. There's the possibility that she really didn't get it. And she's never been exposed to this type of situation with addicts and what's required of true rehabilitation. And that would be valid since Villanelle as a character does not fancy being inebriated or not sober for obvious reasons given her being an assassin or was this part of her plan to create a certain impression with amber and then change that impression the following meeting because i'm not i'm not sure especially with what happens when eve talks to villanelle and insults her i i mean she's so smart i don't know that i believe that she was fucking up intentionally right like if we do the villanelle is basically batman tier where like she could do no wrong and she's can get herself in and out of any situation we want to believe that yes she did this to draw attention to herself in front of the group to be like you're really bad at being honest slash dishonest but i was hoping it would have been a wonderful jab at look i'm being you in front of all these people and even they know that i'm full of shit Oh, well, that works, too. Because Eva's listening. And it's like, you're literally telling my life to these people. And they're going, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, That's funny. I, we, I don't buy this. No. Mm-hmm. No, that can be relevant. And... I also sort of think that that's just sort of, I mean, later on in the other scene when Eve is like, did you even read the package? She's, she indicates that she had. And so I feel like if you have even just watched an episode of SVU or just anything where someone is in a, a confessional, Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, whatever, that 
you're not going to have your breakthrough in the first meeting that usually you have to go to more than one before mm-hmm. you have some sort of transformative experience or you come out of your shell. And so that's why I'm like, she could have just been doing that intentionally. Like it's your first time at the meeting. You're not just gonna be like, Hey guys, here's my truth. I'm laying it all to bear. Like maybe you need to be called out by people who are like, is that really, is that really your truth? And that seems that it's in line with addicts who are still coming to a place of acceptance and honesty about their addiction. So that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, yeah, that could be fucked up, but also Villanelle's really fucking good. She's really fucking smart. And she fucking gets annoyed when Eve is like, yo, not that good. And she's like, bitch, <laughs> don't you ever speak to me like well, that. Well, that's why I feel like the first thing she said was, don't be mad. I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was basically like, see, everyone's... uh Wait, no, who said don't be mad? Uh, Villanelle, when she first runs back over to sit next to Eve in the... Uh, oh, about using her life? Yeah, well, uh, well, I was saying, if we were stating that she wasn't messing up, that it was like, see, look, I'm being you in front of all these people and they can see that I'm full of shit. I mean, I like that angle you have. I just think she was saying, don't be mad about me using your life because literally she comes in and after she says that, Eve is like, how dare you? You did that again. We're done here. And Villanelle's like, how are we going to be done when you hired me? Hell, like you need me for this. Like we can be done, but it's literally you came to me. That's Eve on her ridiculous energy that makes no sense because it's like, you're not firing nobody, Eve. And even if you try to tell Carolyn you're going to fire a bitch because she was talking about Nico, Carolyn's going to be like, why do we care if she's talking about Nico? It's irrelevant. After the meeting, she is approached by Billy, who's basically like, and I think this is after she sticks that fly in the muffin. Mm-hmm. And Billy's basically like, hey, rough crowd, you know, they're just gonna be harsh on you, it's all right. And that the group can smell bullshit. But before they can really get talking, the adult nanny shows up and it's like, hey you, Amber, we gotta go. Right. And she grabs that fucking muffin that Villanelle just stuffed the fly into and takes a big old bite. But I was thinking about the energy she's trying to portray there because let's say it was supposedly a few, maybe it was the basket and it was down to the last one. What makes this handler, this detailer think that they can just come over? Take the last muffin in front of the both of them and be like, well, if you're, I don't care if you were fighting over who gets to get it last or get the, get it first. <laughs> fighting like, I don't over care. the muffin. No, no, exactly. Well, it's there. <laughs> it's mine. And we're leaving. Yo, That's, it was free. She took I that know. shit because it was free. She took it and she wasn't a part of the meeting. It, those are wow. for the, those are for those who are That's coping. So you wanted Billy to eat the fly? No. Or not Billy, uh, Amber. No, she didn't have to. No one had to. It was Someone just there. Someone had to. Villanelle put the fly in there. Someone had to suffer. Someone <laughs> had to be the recipient of her mischief. And it just so happened it would be the woman she would kill a fucking day later. Well, yep. Mm. So adult nanny is like, bitch, get the fuck out of here. You know you're not supposed to be talking to people. And takes her away before Villanelle can talk to her further. And from there, we cut to Eve and Villanelle in the cafe where Eve is mad. And she's like, don't be mad. She's like, I'm mad. You know I'm mad. And then she's like, well, did you read the packet? Because if you read the fucking packet, you would know that you had to be honest. And, and she's like, well, how am I supposed to be honest if I'm being somebody else? And then she's like, well, aren't you always somebody else? And I was like, ooh. I was like, well, I was like, where's this going? It was snark. They were going back and forth with fucking attitudes. And Villanelle's like, bitch, you too. Aren't you always someone else? At least I'm good at it. At least <laughs> I'm good at being someone else. And then Eve on her fuck good. shit is like, well, obviously not that good. Girl, she said that shit. And I was like, now I get why Villanelle was mad because she insulted her skills. And of all the things to insult about Villanelle, one thing you definitely should not insult is her assassin skills because they're world class. And that's when she says to Eve, like, hey, bitch, I like you, but I don't like you that much. Don't fucking talk to me like that again. 
and good. Get that out there, Villanelle. She needs to fucking slow her fucking roll. Especially because what is she doing questioning Eve? Or what is she doing questioning Villanelle at this stage? There is no proof to say that what Villanelle's approach was doing was going to end up badly. It was day one. Day one of the staying Eve. You just got to the field with Villanelle. Like, can we have a little fucking space for the plan? You better set your boundaries. Like, you could do lots of things. You could stab me every once in a while. But what you're not going to do is you're not going to tell me that I'm not that good. She's like, you're not going to disrespect me. That's definitely not what we are not doing today. And she finishes that where she's like, don't forget that the only thing that makes you interesting is me. Woo. I mean, she's not lying. Oh, word. And again, it's, it stings, it's Eve it's, sitting there with truth on her face. And, you know, she can't wipe it off. She has no comeback. So she's like, she grabs her bag and she gets her. She's like, well, we'll try again in the morning. <laughs> That's what happens when she doesn't have. When someone calls her out, she's just like, oh, well, that's true. Let me just go. Exit stage left, which is what she does because she's still tight about her missing mustache, which is why I hope next episode she's different with Villanelle because Nico would have officially left the paint in some kind of way in her mind. But from there, we cut to Eve going to Nico's school, which to me was a perfect cut because I feel like she was being that bitchy because she was still upset about Nico, texting him, not getting a response. It was causing a problem. So she goes to a school to see him and be like, what's up? Maybe she's trying to create some sort of spontaneous meeting and trying to talk to him before she can approach guess who she sees in the courtyard Gemma Gemma being all touchy and shit uh-huh. giving suspect hugs and telling him to cheer up and so before Eve walks over she sees that shit and she's like well forget it I'm defeated so I'm just gonna fucking leave she did look like she was hurting real bad nobody wants to see that jealousy still jealousy you don't want to see fucking Gemma clutching onto your mustache who isn't even that great of a mustache but you're like it's still my mustache how dare you she's like hey sad nico me and my lower cut top than normal we just was wondering if if you were feeling all right actually i want to say it's not lower than normal she has always worn those v-neck <laughs> tops oh that's what she does oh no no. Oh, and then after uh, Eve walks away feeling all sullen, now Eve's the sullen girl? I can't. I don't want Eve to be the sullen girl. She's not sullen for very long, so it's fine. And then uh, it's uh, Villanelle back in the next day's meeting, and she's uh, ready to come clean. Yeah, she says she has something to say. And we can actually play that real quick because it's a great soliloquy. It is. It's BAFTA worthy. I have real trouble telling the truth. I don't understand the concept, actually, but... But somebody told me it was important, so... Here it goes. Most of the time... Most days, I feel... nothing I don't feel anything that is so boring I wake up and I think again really I have to do this again and what I really don't understand is how come everybody else isn't screaming with with boredom too I Try to find ways of making myself feel something more and more and more, but all the it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> no matter what I do, I don't feel anything. I 
I hurt myself, it doesn't hurt. I buy what I want. I don't want it. There I do what I Denzel's like. I don't, here. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I'm just so bored. Wow. Wow. Congratulations to BAFTA winner Jody Comer again That's for existing right. and for being in this fucking show because that was a great fucking monologue. Well, we were hoping last week that it wasn't something that Eve said that would have had her doing that tear because we saw this tear in the preview and we were like, yo, where is this coming from? Who did what? And, you know, now that we see that it was for a, a scene that she needed to play a part. I mean, but that's the interesting thing. Play a part is an interesting word for you to use because I don't know that that's, that's actually what's happening here. I think that this is actually an honest moment from Villanelle about her state of existence. And when I was listening to it initially on the first, on the first viewing, watching it with a friend, I like, I heard it and I was listening to her and I was like, gosh, she's definitely being honest about herself here, but I also feel like she's being honest about Eve. Like it's one of those things where a lot of times in the show, when one character is talking about the other character's experience, they're actually also talking about their own experience because there's so many points in tandem with Villanelle and Eve. And so, I mean, I suppose it's open to interpretation to a certain kind of way. But when I look at Eve's reaction, when she is sort of listening to it and I only believe that Villanelle went there because Eve was listening to it. And theoretically, Eve is the only person that will hear this because of the old school way of bugging and everything that guy was talking about it. So it's just between them. It's also one of those weird things, too, where like some of their most vulnerable moments have been like separated from each other. They have them when they're not both in the same room. And then when they are in the same room, it's like these fleeting seconds of like. I have all my walls down, but now they're back up and I'm not going to tell you exactly what's going on here. So I think that Villanelle in a way was like reaching out to Eve because she's, I mean, they've turned it up this episode as they did in the last episode that she, in terms of the comparisons of her being like, hey, you're like me. You are trying to cast me in this dark light, but bitch, you in the shade too. We both in the shade. And so if I'm this bored and I feel like life is ultimately this pointless, then you too are bored and you feel like life is just pointless, which is why you were so desperately holding on to this case and to me. I mean, for also other reasons, but this MI6 lifestyle, you need it because otherwise you're poking yourself in the thigh in your fucking <laughs> well, home office trying to feel something. But that was that's shit we observed Eve doing on the regular. And so that's what I feel like has to be happening, that she's listening to Villanelle and she has this confession and she's like feeling away inside because Villanelle is being honest with her and she can tell that Villanelle is being honest, but it's also about the honesty of that existence for her too. I am bored. I do not necessarily enjoy waking up every day unless it has to do with Villanelle. And there's only one person that I have that makes me really feel something fear, excitement, anticipation, and the same is for Villanelle. And even more so, once we get this additional perspective that we've mused about into Villanelle, it makes even more sense why she simply cannot let Eve go. No matter how much of a bad attitude she has or how ridiculous Eve gets, the simple fact that Eve was able and is still able to elicit these intense emotions from Villanelle when she's basically lived her entire life with the mute button on, you know, you can't let that shit go. Even if it takes you to your demise, you're like, I must hold on to this for as long as humanly possible. I'm I guess I'm of that mindset. I felt that, yes, everything that she was giving was in connection also to the last thing she told Eve the night before, where she's like, um, the only thing that's interesting about you is me. 
like everything that the turning your life upside down all the stuff that i'm doing and it ties into i'm expensive like it's like it's gonna cost you everything but everything is it doesn't matter i matter but nothing else does and you know it doesn't matter because um everything was very mundane before any of this stuff rolled into into uh this whirlwind life that you have now where you're flying to different uh nations every three four days to work on a case like that wasn't your life all of this is new which is why everybody's trying to figure out that was rooted with your routine what is happening with you that's why everybody's treating you like you've become someone different and you don't know is you it don't everybody even it. or is it just Nico? it is just <laughs> is it, it is everybody just Nico. because because elena was into the shit Kenny didn't really give fucks when it first started out. Bill was initially reluctant, but he was on the team initially. So I don't think that anyone is actually against the danger lifestyle, except for Nico, because as we learned from Hugo and probably Jess to a separate extent, we just don't know that much about Jess, that there's something innately in a human that says, I want to be a special agent. I want to be the type of person who masquerades and has to lie 80% of the time to my loved ones for a living just to do what I do. That's not everybody. Not everyone's good at keeping a fucking secret. Not everyone's good at not talking about their fucking job. When they come home, some people need to share. They're like, you want to know what happened at work today? That's not what happens when you're an MI6 agent. So I feel like there's only certain personality types that go into that job in the first place because it takes a certain kind of person to be able to do that. You know what? The way I look at it, too, is that if you have someone like Eve and she's a late peaking sociopath or psychopath or somewhere on in between the spectrum that she never had a taste And so she was here living this safe fucking life. And, you know, maybe her MI6 job was some sort of soft push into danger. But because of other reasons, she's working the desk. She's one of the people filing papers and doing research and whatever. And she finally gets this this chance with Carolyn and MI6. And once she gets a taste of the actual rush that is accompanying these fucking feelings, she can't let that shit go. And her obsession just triples, quadruples, multiplies, goes to the 10th power because I don't think she's had it before. And that's why it gets so out of control so quickly is that she conceivably has gone her entire life without wondering about these things or in the dark you know, recesses of her mind, her fantasies, but never actually coming close to... This thing just happened and I just messed up my underwear. (laughs) This thing just happened and I just had an orgasm at the door. This thing just happened and I'm freaking the fuck out. This woman just passed me and I don't know how I know, but I know she was just behind me. Like that's some, that's some other shit. Yeah. That's, that's an awakening. It's like, uh, being summoned for a calling you didn't know that you had without, um, anyone to like really guide you into that pathway. Except for Carolyn. Carolyn's guiding. (laughs) (laughs) Carolyn is guiding into the pathway. Excellent. All according to plan. Yes. So Villanelle, she gives that wonderful speech and it resonates with the group as with Eve. And after the AA meeting is over, Amber approaches Billy again and she's basically like, yo, that was fucking brave. Congrats on being a brave bitch because I'm still having a hard time being that honest with myself. And they start to shoot the shit a little bit. And she asks, like, hey, are you in London? You can tell she's getting around to, like, hey, do you want to hang out? And the adult nanny appears again before she can officially invite her out or to come over. And is like, bitch, you know that when it comes to the terms of your agreement, you're not allowed to speak to people at these meetings. And I'm like, agreement? What the fuck is that? Is that some paperwork she signed where her brother supports her financially through the business, but only if she 
follows his rules because he's definitely a control freak. I can see him being in control of major portions of that company. I think that she... Not just her company, her life, because that's what the woman says. She's like, according to the agreement, we let you come here, but that's because you can't talk to people. What agreement? What did she sign with her brother that says, I can't have friends? I Yeah, I, I think it's a heavily... I think it's all connected to her mother's murder. I think. Wow. Yeah, I wow. have big <laughs> thoughts. I have big thoughts. How do we do? We know her mother was murdered. Is that something they said? Was well, she one of the people who was one of the peel things? I mean, I'm not gonna say that we know that. I'm just gonna say we'll she go was affected. Yeah, she was affected by it, and I'm gonna say that Aaron was affected by it as well. And then, Aaron's a fucking sadist. His mom probably died and he didn't even blink. But that's just, you know, you have your head cannons and I have mine about Aaron. <laughs> I don't think he gave a fuck. And if she was murdered, he did it. It was him. I think that uh, Amber's trying to get free and she just can't because of the way that the contracts and money is set up where it's like, well, I mean, you can go, but you can get disappeared too. I mean, that's the life you want to live. So she's like, well, I don't want to die, but I just want to. I don't I even want think something. she can get free. I don't think she has that kind of confidence or power. And given She's how trapped, the men in right. her family are, there is, there's no root. We'll get into it more when we actually have that scene in the Peel house or apartment or whatever. But he's incredibly condescending. He's extremely misogynistic. He isn't a bully. He consistently refers to his sister as unintelligent in several different ways with several different words saying the same exact thing like you're daft. You don't understand what's going on. And so when you have that kind of continuous mental and emotional abuse, what is she supposed to do? And she's the younger one. She's the baby. And her both her parents are out the paint. And her adult nanny just got run the fuck over. So like no, you turn to narcotics, which is why you get to go to like an anonymous kind of meeting. Yeah, her addiction makes sense. Like yeah. I understand why this bitch is on drugs. Like Aaron Peel is your brother. That's all the reason you fucking need. That's it. After Villanelle is left on the steps by herself and the adult nanny takes Amber away, we see her look over at Eve. And Eve is across the street in a cafe which is actually next to a gay bookstore if you look at that that freeze frame there's a gay bookstore next door i don't know maybe that's coincidental or maybe it's purposeful but she looks over and eve notices she's looking at her because they always kind of know when one's looking at the other and villanelle stands up and she's like ready and i was like "Ooh, ready for what villanelle and she approaches the the woman the adult nanny and initially she's like hey you need to give amber some fucking space back the fuck off and the woman's like yeah yeah whatever like none of your business and then she's like look i'm i've been going through a lot i've been having a hard time and she just kind of hugs the woman and keeps her in the embrace up until a truck is passing by and then she throws that bitch into the street while staring directly into the eye of eve because she was like if you're gonna catch that o from a distance i want to see it and she did. Oh, she did. <laughs> that, she she did. caught it. And can we just take a moment out to acknowledge that Villanelle is a really great gift giver. I mean, she is a great girlfriend. She is consistently thinking about her girl. And she's like, what can I give her today? Ah, I know. <laughs> she wanted to watch just a day or so ago. So she got a good uh, window seat now. She got the front row. I mean, that's what she's been wanting. For my headcanon, I want to hope that Villanelle could sense that Eve was being partially bitchy at the container because she was unfinished with her actually wanting to be in that container and see what the fuck was going on to learn, to experience, to have fun. And Villanelle was like, okay, I know you actually want to come in and you're still in this place where you just can't say aloud. You're waiting for me to say it, kind of like Hugo, and then you can just agree. So here it is. Here's me 
killing someone in front of you so you can have that direct experience. Because when it was Bill, she arrived a little bit later. Bill was just sort of bleeding out. And right. Bill was her friend. But this other one, what if it's not someone that she kind of knows, Eve has no feelings whatsoever about your death. She yep. She's like, was that interesting? Did that look cool? Okay, great. So that was pretty hot. It was like a murder erotica moment because, yeah. So my hot take here is, is that uh, Aaron knows what happened here. Ooh, you think he has a video footage of Villanelle? He can see wherever he needs to see. Actually, I mean, it makes sense that there's some footage somewhere because traffic stops and lights and stuff in the UK. I don't know how frequently they appear. I mean, we do have a police state in America, so we could be just be jumping to all kinds of conclusions about what's happening over there, but I do think it's very likely on that busy street somebody has footage. Yeah, they got the CCTV or something. But did they disappear the footage? Did Carolyn disappear the footage? Does she care or does she want Peel to know that? Because if you suggest that, we also have to acknowledge that later on, Carolyn obviously knows that it happened. In the preview, she's like, you know, we really can't have Villanelle killing anyone on this mission. (laughs) And so clearly she's aware. And if she thought that could be some sort of impedance to the mission, wouldn't she endeavor to do something to try and hide it? It's harder when you start the mission going, this is Moscow rules. Because everyone's going to take their own interpretation of it, where it's like, well, how do you, that- how can you interpret Moscow rules? She literally said Moscow, all analog, all analog. And so I'm just saying, if she's that concerned about people being no in all the shit, why would they ever? Not- and so, like anybody going into like intercept, like they can't have any of that at all. So it's like, well, this is how she's running. This she doesn't girl. break character when she kills the girl. I'm no, just right. wondering about the attention to detail because I have to assume that if Carolyn was aware of that and if she would think of the fact that Peel could get this video and then she would have to plan accordingly. Either disappear the footage or him finding out that Villanelle's a fucking murderer is part of her plan because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. She's an MI6 agent. She knows these things. If there's footage, she would have to know about the it. The whole point was just to get her close to him. And so with him getting that footage, he... This is my take. He I mean, you're is, running off with the footage yeah. theory now? Like, you're just on the footage no, theory? No, no, but yeah. And if he uses that footage, he he concocts. Well, we're not there yet, but you'll see. when when He concocts what? Finish the sentence, because I have no idea what you could possibly say at the end of that. He concocts the dinner, the family dinner, the subs. He concocts it. When we get there, I'll break oh into it. Oh, my God. You're such a massive conspiracy theorist. I am. It's ridiculous. So I feel like I hear what you're saying, that you're suggesting that he looked at the footage of Villanelle throwing the bitch under the train, or rather, the truck. And then he tells his sister to invite the friend he didn't know existed to dinner. I mean, if he had to tell her, he would. But I'm pretty sure he could spoof it and just be like, soup. What would the sister would have to know? Uh, I can't. I can't. She would have to know. All right. So I'll let you riff on that ridiculousness when we get to the peel dinner. But that's interesting. They share eye contact. She kills a bitch for Eve but also for the mission so she can progress sooner. And that happens. And in between the commercial break after this, we have a deleted scene, which is the first of two featured this episode. And it's Villanelle eating some fucking macaroons. We can play that shit real quick for you. If you really want to do this then give her anything she wants, psychopaths don't understand the concept of delayed gratification. Flattery, flattery, panda, stroke and appeal to her ego okay so that was 
I forget his name. Jeffrey? Well, that um, was the the psycho expert. Oh, that was. Oh, that's who that was. Yes, that was the psycho expert. And he I'm not sure if that was just an an overview of some sort of talk he was giving them, because I don't remember verbatim if that's what he said. But it was obviously him describing what he was talking about before during his panel. And we are supposed to believe, I assume, that someone sent her those cookies. Was it? Eve was it Carolyn I'm sure it was one of the two and she was eating macaroons and they had villanelle on every single macaroon and she kind of has a smile while she's eating the damn cookies in my mind until it's told otherwise it's it's Eve or Carolyn and the only reason I'm throwing Carolyn in there is because Carolyn was getting some eyes from villanelle earlier that day and Carolyn knows how to treat a psychopath because well <laughs> she's been grooming them for years in my fucking head can I'm gonna anyway. think that they're Carolyn's too until I get full confirmation because Eve is still in her fuck shit I don't know if she was ordering macaroons but Carolyn knows how to treat a psychopath that's that deleted scene and then we come back and we cut to Eve meeting up with Carolyn at her fencing spot and she is so there to tattle on Villanelle. Like, you can just see it on her face. Uh -huh. She starts with, you heard? And Carolyn cuts her off. And she's like, about the traffic accident? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I heard about the traffic <laughs> accident. The traffic accident. Accident. Keyword accident. Right. <laughs> and you can tell Eva's like, oh, okay. And she's like, yeah, it was horrible. I'm sure. I'm sure it was so horrible for you. Knowing that it was not horrible for mm -hmm. fucking Eve. And really, what I thought to myself here is Carolyn is the best enabler. She's such a fucking enabler. She's such a pusher of murder that Eve was here to tell. She's like, bitch, it's fine. Um, right, none of that matters. But... Did we make the connection to Peel? How about that? Did did Villanelle get in touch with Amber? Is that happening? And Eve is like, well, they're texting. And she's like, oh, fantastic. Well, you know, <laughs> keep me abreast. <laughs> I don't really care about that murder. It's fucking fine. And I feel like that was a kind of way, and this is Carolyn's little way of just giving mini pushes to Eve to push her further down the road. She's like, hey, you're not in trouble with me. It's fine. It's fucking fine. Go do what you have to do to solve the case. And she's like, well, let me get back to my workout. And she's like, all right, next. Who's who's here? What's she's the like, business? Oh God. <laughs> she's right. like, bye. See ya. And Eve just walks out like, oh, word. Okay, you're different from Bill and Frank. <laughs> like, you, like, like, you're not here yelling at me. You're not threatening to fire me. You're just like, good, good. We're closer to our goal. I mean, if, you know, if I don't know what, if, Eve would have been in a better mood not thinking about what Villanelle did. She would have definitely said, so this is why you look so great. Or something along the lines of, you know, you never cease to amaze me, yada, yada. Some sort of praise to Carolyn. But there was none of that here. This was her trying to masquerade and keep up the normal. The, the news would get back to Carolyn. And I don't know where Eve is and thinking about well, who Carolyn is and what's really going on with her. But that was her trying to say face and say, well, let me say to you that Villanelle did this, not because I actually care, but because you might care because you're my boss. And Carolyn was like, I don't. I don't fucking care. I feel like it's just a slight push into the further gray zone. Just like go into the gray, go into the gray, keep bending rules, keep not caring about lives lost because this is the energy I want to get fucking shit done. So after that, we cut to fucking Villanelle and Constantine and they're walking and texting. Well, they're I was walking like, Does she... and Villanelle is texting. And, and I was like, is she, did she come from Starbucks? She got this like frappuccino. She's drinking a smoothie. What do you mean, Listen, Frappuccino? What? I don't know what that is. Starbucks. I'm upset that you even suggested that hey. Villanelle drink Starbucks. She's, I don't, even if Villanelle is drinking coffee, don't you see her as her like the fucking bistro kind of girl? Like she's like, give me that fucking gourmet coffee. Like I don't think Villanelle would drink Starbucks. But anyway, I think she's drinking a smoothie. Oh, whatever it is. And Constantine's with her. It's like, hey, what are you doing? And I mean, it could be. I, I can't. I can't 
place it it looks like i've at all it looks like the kind of fucking smoothie i get when i'm just like blend up some fruits and throw some protein powder in there that's what it looks like and you know maybe that was her walking breakfast i don't fucking know the but the important thing here is how she texts eat like yes. what the fuck she texts. <laughs> she's like i know that you just tried to tell me but guess what <laughs> I do chat I mean, I'm just going. <laughs> Does she know that Eve was trying to tell on her? She says the cutest thing because Constantine is like, who are you texting? And she's like, Eve. And he's like, why? And he's like, because she might, might be lonely. lonely. She's talking about herself, too. She knows she gets so lonely. High kill commander, wanna hang. I was like, what? <laughs> but she also was using great emoji language hieroglyphics because she puts a truck and like a dead face ghost emoji and a thumbs up. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Oh. If there was any confusion Villanelle had about like, is Eve into the dark kinky shit when it comes to violence, she had it confirmed at the container, which is why she's completely leveled up to be like, I'm texting you and I'm reminding you about the container and how badly... How badly you wanted to go in there and join me in my bad escapade. Like, I'm trying to figure out what, what was the biggest offender. Was it the ghost after the X's on the eyes? Because, like, you're dead. And then now there's a ghost. It's like... And then the thumbs up after no, it. it was I'm the like... kill commander. But then Eve is going to be like, call me that in bed. <laughs> call me kill commander in bed. I like it. And, uh... We get another text and she thinks it's Eve texting her back. And she's like, ew. <laughs> she's like, ew, it's, uh, it's Amber. This text message is what makes me think that this came from Aaron and not Amber. Because this doesn't have, this isn't Amber's flavor at all. Where it's. Wait, how do we know Amber's fucking flavor? Maybe We've seen we this don't bitch know. in two episodes. Maybe we don't. Do you mean like the, the rhetoric used is an Amber's flavor? The, it, the text read, hey, uh, you free Thursday. Wait, let's see if I can get it back. Hey, you're free Thursday. Uh, you want to come over for family subs or something? Yes, yeah, and that's short for supper. Mm, I assume. Mm. <laughs> who says that? And like Villanelle <laughs> says, who the fuck talks like this? Why do rich people talk like children? I, don't I know, think if you're someone's elite brother trying to make fun of your idiotic sister, that you would text like that to her friends so that you could get her to come over to your house. That's an interesting theory, but at some point the girl has to be clued in because Villanelle shows up. But I will, I will make space for that theory because I honestly I don't know. That's very plausible. He's creepy. He's definitely all into his sister's shit. So it's high key that he can just text from her phone with his software if he so wanted to. But that, it's like you say, it depends on whether or not he investigated what happened to the nanny and pulled up some sort of CCTV footage and is like, oh, that's suspect. She kind of like spins her <laughs> into the truck. I don't know. That's suspect. Yeah. Um, but that's an interesting theory. And so from there, we cut to Eve and she's arriving at what we discover is Gemma's house. She rings the bell and Nico opens the door. Why was he so comfortable in answering at the door of the state that does not belong to him? Even if he is just the friend that reads terribly. That reads terribly. What do you mean reads terribly? Why is Nico the one answering someone else's door? Let's say Nico because doesn't. Gemma was in the bathroom. She was doing something mm -hmm. in the kitchen and she was like, Nico, get the door. Mm. No, I don't. It was very comfortable exactly that's yeah. my point yeah, <laughs> is that's... that they've been comfortable for a long time and so it's not much but a hop skip and a jump to opening your soon-to-be lover's front door nico is basically like bitch why is you here from the minute he opens the door how did you get the address and 
Eve initially is like, hey, I was just trying to drop off your stuff. But the minute he's like, how did you get the address? And just gives her a little bit of angsty energy. She has the angsty energy. She's like, hey, I was just trying to be helpful, bitch. But before we can even revel in Nico's bitchiness, motherfucking Gemma. Now, this is where I have questions. Do you have questions about Nico opening the door? I don't give a fuck about Nico opening the door. I have questions about Gemma not minding her own damn business. Because... Regardless of what's going on, like Nico, that's his wife. If you hear Eve at the door, you go, oh shit, they're probably going to have an important conversation or just a private conversation. Let me go over there. Let me go to the kitchen. Let me go to the den. Let me go out to the backyard. But instead, she comes to the front door. She's like, hey, Eve, Eve. She was there to try to break up the tension. I mean, because this is a fight they could have had in their house and not in my house. But you since give you're her too here, much credit. I say she's taking Villanelle's advice. You can say oh, yeah, she's no, there no, to break no, up no. tension. I think she's there to break up that man. She, she's doing two and one. She's like, did you want to come inside for what? Like, what was it? Tea uh, or something? She said a cupper, mm. which is probably tea. And Nico's like, I'm sure she's busy and has stuff to do. And Eve is like, actually, no, I don't. Nope. Mm-hmm. For the first time in like 18 weeks, I have nothing to do at this exact moment except come inside and see what the fuck's going on in Gemma's crib. And she goes inside and you can tell Nico's like, oh, dear, nothing good will come from this. And the first thing she says is like, oh, you have a lovely house, which is a lie. That was a lie. She did not believe mm-hmm. that. And Gemma makes some statement about, oh, you know, it was my grandmother's and I couldn't afford this on a teacher's salary. OK, girl. And it's all kind of awkward for a bit. And Gemma eventually goes into the kitchen, I think, to like go make that tea or whatever she offered Eve. And there's about a beat that passes before Nico asks about work. And he's like, is Villanelle keeping you busy? Because he's shady and petty. And that's how he likes to be. And Eve is like, yeah, yeah. It seems we're both pretty busy. With, with work, work, mm-hmm. work stuff. <laughs> and Gemma suddenly is back in the scene from the kitchen. She's in the back looking all awkward and shit. And it's like, why are you here? Mind your business. <laughs> this is a couple's argument. Why are you back in the scene? This doesn't make any sense. And so after that weird awkwardness where everyone's just sort of standing there, Eve is like, well, can I use the bathroom? And Gemma kind of stutters. I have the guy asked to wake up. And Eve is like, is it upstairs? She's like, yeah, just just get up. Uh, up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Eve... <laughs> So Eve, I guess she goes to use the bathroom. And the next scene, we just see her coming out of the bathroom, right? And she looks like she's about to go back downstairs. But she notices those twinkle lights on the stairs because the twinkle lights are everywhere. She's disgusted. And she's like, you know what? Let me go see what this bitch bedroom look like. She finds Gemma's broom and she has some feelings (laughs) and some things she does in there. She's like, hmm, there's there's lots of, this is, it's wholesome. I guess that's what she was probably thinking of. Like, ooh. I mean, that's one way to look at it. I was thinking tacky because uh, she's, I mean, she looks at Villanelle's crib and she's like style, luxury, chic. She looks at Gemma's shit and she's like year old party fucking decorations (laughs) that are still on your walk. And I think she like, she hits her decorations. She tests the plushiness of the bed a Mm -hmm. little bit. She looks at her whack jewelry, which I'm sure she's like, this is whack. These pearls. Are these pearls even real, Gemma, with your fake ass pearls? What did she open? I thought it was like a makeup box, but maybe not. No, it has like a, a nail clipper in there. I think it's, which to oh. me, that's even weirder because the first time I, I looked at the scene, I thought it was a jewelry box. But then when I look in it, I'm like, no, there's like, no, there's, there's like, manicure stuff. So maybe like tweezer things. I don't know. Yeah, for your nails. Manicures, yeah. like just cuticle cleaners and all that weird stuff. And I'm like, okay, why is there a spinning ballerina? That's that's what I was getting to. Why does their music come out of the manicurist box? Who, it just seems weird that like a jewelry box. Okay, sure. Where you keep your nail clipper, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I didn't, and, and, I didn't get it. I didn't it. get it. And Eve opens it up and she didn't get it either. And it just pissed her the fuck right, off. So she was like, well, no one's going to get this. I don't, the running joke. 
actually what I thought was like, bitch, that music is loud. Like no one else is in the crib, but you, Nico and, and Gemma, like that song can be heard down the stairs. Like, what are you thinking? And I <laughs> think Gemma that. totally heard it. She heard it. And she was like, let me go upstairs and see why Eve is totally in my room opening my shit. And from there, what does she open? She's like, oh, the oh, drawer. The drawer with the, After she the breaks bra. the thing. Actually, we should know that when she breaks the fucking ballerina, it's interesting because for a moment it reminds me of when she breaks the glass in the in the phone booth because she does it and for a split second it's like she can't believe she did it. She's kind of in shock at herself, but it passes and then she's back to the bullshit as soon as she opens the drawer with all the bras. And she sees all those brightly colored bras and there's a lot of flowers Lots and like foliage on it, <laughs> a lot of pinks and she's like, fuck this. And she just... <laughs> she's, you know what? Because they were all like, when I tell you that they were like stacked like cup on cup all the bras like they, they were, were like neatly placed right like almost like like a display but too many were were there for it to be a display like it would need to be half as many bras so like she, i'm mad at Gemma's like style choice but i'm not mad at her drawer organization no yeah she was like i just have to be honest about that i know where these <laughs> are i don't know if they were like day of the week like i don't get like what the system was she only but... had one gray one like the color palette was the same and just like floral <laughs> I was just like, okay, sure. All floral bras. And Eve is like, fuck that. And she fucks up the bra drawer. And then she's like going to take the piece of the ballerina that she broke and stuff it <laughs> into the right. center of the bra, which reminded me of Villanelle with that fucking banana. Yeah. And the salt, salt container. Yeah. They share a brain cell. And then they were like, hi, um, so what? What do you? Gemma makes it upstairs. <laughs> she's like, I heard you messing with my shit, um, What's girl. The, what, are you, what are you doing? She's like, I know you and Nico have some problems, but like, I would like to be left out of it. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to be removed from the narrative of your shitty marriage. And she's like, oh, you would like to be removed, huh? Like, you know, like, (laughs) I'm in your house because that's where my husband is. And he's quite comfortable here versus versus anywhere, like versus being at home versus, I don't know, staying with staying at like, I don't know, a, a motel any anywhere. He's here in your house and you're telling me that you want to be removed from the narrative while me and my husband are having a, a rough time. And so I guess she's feeling all of this energy where it's like, well, I, I could see that I'm not getting removed. <laughs> and if anything, like there's now a laser being pointed right at me. And um, oh, you mean Gemma? Yes. I mean, Gemma was speaking foolishly because you can't be all up in Nico's business. He can't be your work husband. You can't be taking Villanelle's advice to break up a marriage and be like, oh, I don't want to be involved. Bitch, you're already involved. The minute Nico texted you about his rough sex night and how it made him feel so fucking bad, because I truly believe he did that. You should have been like, listen, boo, you need to talk to your wife. Work that out on your own. Don't come to me for that shit. But no, she was all too eager to be like, yes, Nico, Nico, won't you come over? Why don't you stay with me? Like, oh, I'm so sorry that your relationship is going fucking down. So Eve, here's that shit. She's like, oh, really? (laughs) You lying asshole. You know you want to be replacement Eve. That's exactly what you're looking for here. And she gets all close to Gemma and she's in her face and she gives a villanelle line where she's like, are you scared? And Gemma's like, of course not. Of course not. But, you know, inside she's like, I'm totally scared. She's like, Nico, Nico. Nico, can you come here, please? Like, help, help, mayday. And Nico fucking comes in and he looks around for a second. He's like, what are you doing, Eve? Uh, Can we... I here's the thing. He makes it up the steps and he takes a stance. He maintains a position to stay right by Gemma. And I'm like, and he's like, Eve, what are you doing? And I'm like, I instinctively was yelling at Nico to say, no, what are you doing? 
some other woman just called you upstairs. You came. That's firstly. I don't and even then, know why you're concerned about these little side things with with their failing marriage because <laughs> Gemma bit in the paint. Eve had to realize this from the minute we saw him and Gemma interacting at the was that teachers meeting. It's inappropriate. It's inappropriate. Like you can tell, and that's why Eve feels away because even if she doesn't really care about her husband like that, like jealousy's real. And so all those boundaries, they crossed that shit like four months ago at the last PTA meeting, maybe, possibly. But you're right. Like, he has no business asking, what are you doing? When you're in another bitch's home, there's Airbnb. And then to say that all of this is going on because you're upset that Eve's getting attention from Villanelle is Well, he like... doesn't even say that. He's like, oh, you know, because Eve realistically and justifiably is like, what am I doing? What are you doing, right. Nico? What are you doing in this fucking home? What's happening? What's going on? This is fucking weird. This kind of reminds me of that time we were having that fucking fight. And yeah, I didn't blow you in your fucking classroom. Yeah, it's true. I was thinking about Villanelle and the Apple. But um, the one thing you did do while we were still being married is you vindictively called to Gemma and told me to fucking leave. So mm -hmm. clearly, I'm just wondering what the fuck is happening here. Because yes, I'm in denial about my murder urges, but I'm still uselessly trying to work on this fucking marriage. And here you are with another hoe in her home talking about, what are you doing, Eve? Uh, what are you doing? Oh, and then the <laughs> coup de gras. He said, I'd like for you to apologize. He said that? Nico said that. I blocked it out. I, hon <laughs> I honestly do I, not remember that. That was that was the point where my head starts spinning because um, I'm so glad I missed that. I really <laughs> I didn't hear it. I blocked it out. And then Jim was like, "No, no, Nico, don't worry about it. It's fine." And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" See, whoa! <laughs> I completely missed the apology. I and that's great. I'm so happy I did that. I was just I remember him saying, "Oh, there's nothing going on." You remember Friends Eve? People have friends. You know what those are and oh yeah he basically he's like nothing's going on here which is a lie it's a lie just because you guys didn't maybe bone yet something is definitely going on and eve says i mean this might be my favorite line for next snack episode <laughs> i'm not sure but she says what i've been waiting to hear all fucking series you're right nico there's nothing here and she's talking about them and i'm like yes finally finally and we eventually get our line not too long after there, after she's like, you know, nothing's happening here. And she thinks for a second and she thinks about all the years of suffering she did in her hetero marriage, suffering through the lack of O's, through the two minute sex sessions, through the mustache. And she's like, you know what, Gemma, before I step out the, out the, out the paint, I just want to tell you. I hope you like the missionary mm -hmm. position. And let me tell you, on first airing, I screamed so fucking loud because you know we were dreading it was nico right. we didn't know who it could be is it carolyn and the fact that it was her and you said last week that you thought it was going to be said to the most basic bitch like a basic bitch on the show <laughs> and the fact that it was said to Gemma, it was said to fucking Gemma. she is the most basic bitch on the fucking show and what did i say in the last episode last week what did i say we were talking about it and i was like Gemma probably loves missionary she probably um, fucking loves that shit and what the fuck did she say she confirmed it she's like well well i do actually and then she I said that shit like she was offended. <laughs> <laughs> and Nico's like, oh, yeah, you do. It's good because that's my best work. <laughs> I still can't believe Gemma was like, actually, I love Missionary. Actually, Missionary is my shit. Actually, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you, Eve. Missionary is my jam. It's like, uh, okay. She's like, Nico, you'll be happy here. And then I didn't hear her say it initially because the first viewing, I was laughing and screaming so hard. I did not hear any words Gemma followed with, but... <laughs> well yeah well after she said well well i am actually uh 
uh, Eve says to Nico, you'll be happy here. Right. But then Nico turns and says to her, I dread to think of where you'll be happy. I was like, bitch, mind your fucking business, bro. If she is no longer your wife, that's not your business. Is it? Is that his business? It's not. It's not. And also, it's in between Villanelle's thighs. So, like, deal with it and move the fuck on. With a knife, more than likely. And so the camera maintains on him, I'm guessing, not longingly looking, but looking as his wife leaves his life at his uh, mistress's uh, house. And then you hear Jim in the background like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) She's really mad about her manicurist box. (laughs) She's like, oh, my bras. (laughs) In disarray. Oh, dear. And so when we go to commercial, we actually get our second deleted scene of the episode, which is definitely the best deleted scene because it reveals some fucking information that we didn't know was vital information. But once it was revealed to us, we were like, this is fucking vital. Yeah, I was like, "Mm." so uh, here it is. You have a key to my apartment? Wow. It's not your apartment. It's MI6's apartment. (laughs) Girl. Yo, the look on Constantine and <laughs> first of all, I love the way just Eve walks in all nonchalant mm-hmm. and shit. Just like, yeah, whatever. And this is why I think it's maybe after their first vi- visit, because that's the first time she's been there. And now she got a key. Maybe she- Carolyn just gave it to her. She's like popping. And, like <laughs> and she walks in and both her and Constantine are like, oh, wow. OK. Um, and then Villanelle's just like, so you have a key to my place? Wow. Wow. And she's like, it's not even your place. It's MI6's place. But I just want to know, where's that deleted scene of Villanelle's list part one? Where she was like, I want macaroons from you. I want to fly flat. Okay. I want three Balenciaga boots from this current season. I want, like, where was, like, you know, that had to have happened because it's coming from somewhere. Did she text Eve these things? And Eve is mad. She doesn't text back, but she just does it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can see Eve doing I that. I can see that happening. Where Villanelle's like, listen, I want this. And Eve's like, whatever, ho. But then she gets it for her. <laughs> and it shows about her place. But that's my favorite. That's one of my favorite deleted scenes so far because it's a Villanelle and Eve scene. And she has a key to her place. So I would like to hope that when the preview shows that Eve is on her bed next week, that she just lets herself the fuck right in. And maybe she sees something she doesn't want to see, which is why she looks all disheveled on the bed. But because I don't know if you noticed, but in the preview, there's a triple mirror shot, which is a direct, at least to me, it looks like a direct comparison to the final episode of of season one, where we have Villanelle in a triple mirror shot in her own bedroom. And this is in her, her flat again, but it's Eve. So... I'm wondering what the parallels will be about that scene. Who fucking knows? But after we get the deleted scene, we're back at Villanelle in the Peels, and she's having dinner with the family. This is the creepiest dinner I have had the displeasure to watch. Very, very creepy. It's bad. (laughs) So is this the kind of sups that you would invite a friend over to, to your house? I mean, me, I I would say no. But it seemed like also that she was... I mean, I don't know what to call what her role was. You know, her brother was like, you know, I'd like some uh, some topping on my on my thing that I'm eating. And yeah, she's like a gravy or whatever. And, she and has she's like, oh, I him. got it. And he's like, no, do it. And she's like, you didn't develop this app yet because, you know, I'm not your living app. And then he's I like, disagree. I think he's had that energy with her the entire this entire life, because if she had any 
issues of doing stuff for her brother, she would have expressed them right then and there. That looks to me like the kind of habits that have happened for years that he, like I said, you know, I don't think the apple falls far from the tree about when it comes to his father. And that makes another reason why he would have to kill his father. Cause if they were similar, he would need to get him out the paint to get full control of the privacy information in the company. And I just can't imagine that a girl who's an addict and has this hard of a time exerting her, her autonomy or sense of control over her life is going to be like, no, Aaron, you poured yourself. Mm, I think he treated her like this since they were little. And I think his father probably treated their mother in the same fashion, if I had to guess. And so, you know, the interrogation begins where it's like, so where are you staying while you're in town? She's like, in uh, Shoreditch. And then he's like, hmm, and now you're working. And she's like, yeah, I was at the startup, but, you know, it was kind of intense. So then stick around. And of course, this is when he starts like berating her. And it's like, well, hmm, couldn't even succeed as a startup. Uh... Well, he starts to condescend her intelligence pretty intensely. And that's because Villanelle also dry snitches about him selling the company. And I'm not sure if that was something she was supposed to drop or not. But the minute he says that, he's like, well, how the fuck do you know I'm selling anything? And there's about a beat. And she's like, well, I read it somewhere. And he's like, the economist? Like, you fucking read? You know what The Economist is? You read about business? How's that possible? You're a woman. I mean, that's... That was I have the impression. You know, I've been saying since he appeared, I'm like, he's a misogynist, he's super sexist, and he's a fucking sadist. I don't fucking like this dude. And so from the jump, he's completely condescending her intelligence, but considering how he treats his own sister, I just assume he treats all women that way because it's an extension of how he spoke to Jess and fucking Eve. And, you know, you can tell Villanelle in her head is like, boy, if I could just stab you in the jugular right the fuck now, I fucking would and not waste any goddamn time. And he basically asks her a couple questions and he speaks in Greek as apparently said by Constantine. I'm not sure if it's Greek, but he's like, it's Greek adjacent at the very least because Eve is like, what is that? Is that Turkish? And he speaks another language, which is further rude in front of Villanelle. I get the impression that she understood because Villanelle knows a bunch of languages, but he's basically like, where'd you get this piece of trash? Your friends are so crappy. They're horrible. Like, aren't you, aren't you sick of bringing home losers? Which is fucked up. Which is why I'm like, did he invite her? I'm saying it because I see him controlling this aspect of her life. Oh, you think you made a friend? Oh, well, let me see if this friend is worth you having. And it's like, well, nope. I would counter that he controls every aspect of her life and he would prefer that she has no friends like him. Yeah. Unfortunately, she, she's, she's not about that. Oh, and all the while in Villanelle's ear, there is the, uh, the headset that is, uh, conveniently not being traced because it's analog. And it's, uh, Eve and Constantine on the other side. And E Constantine is there with, uh, I don't know if it's pork grinds, if it's cheese noodles, but what? he's, he is pork making grinds. sure. That's a really weird choice to make. <laughs> and he is making sure that what he is eating is heard loud and clear and with intent. Really? Yes. I don't know what you mean by that. Loud, loud and clear by Villanelle. For yep. what purpose? To be, to annoy her. I Why think he is, is it in his best interest to annoy her? To get her off of the mic. T- to get her, to get them two out of the picture. He wants, he's championing. Mean, them two? Constantine is championing Villanelle's uh, progress in this mission without the distraction of Eve Pilastri. So they're both there just to do surveillance. They're supposedly ultimately just listening in. 
I mean, but, I don't know, because if they were just supposed to be listening in, they wouldn't have had a two-way talk back. I'm of the opinion that Constantine didn't need to be there, and he causes a conflict by having two essential handlers in a situation when I already have great theories about how well Eve and Villanelle could work together, and we see some hints of it this episode because you combine the two brains together and the two skills. There's a lot of shit. Constantine, as far as we can tell, he's an information holder. I don't know where his skills come into play in terms of figuring things out. He's never displayed that that's something he does. That's something Eve does. And so on the fly, had she not eaten her bug later on, he, she could have been like, yo, here's some stuff to help you sell your story. So I feel like the issue was that Constantine was there in the first place, that they didn't need to have two <laughs> people who contrast each other trying to help Villanelle. Just pick one. And I feel like that's why she eats her bug, because in that moment that she eats it, they're kind of arguing and they're sort of going at it. And eventually she's like, bitch, would y'all just shut the fuck up? <laughs> she eats her bug because they're giving conflicting information. And that can't be helpful, especially when you're supposed to look like you're actually listening to someone, but you got two motherfuckers arguing in your bug about, no, 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 it's this. No, no, it's this. I, if I had to think of the rudest, most disrespectful thing to do in someone else's ear is to eat. Like if I was eating a bag of chips right now while we're doing this podcast, the person listening is going to be like, yo, are you kidding me right now? And he wasn't like turning away from the, the speakers. He was doing it just to do it. And it was several, like he finished one bag and opened up a new bag. And I was think like, he was doing it to annoy Eve because I got the impression that when he was eating and he looked at Eve, like Eve was looking at him like she looked at Frank with his brown sauce. <laughs> and she was like, this is fucking gross. And I hate to see you eat I mean, right it now. was gross. I mean, so I don't know. You could have ate before you came. Yeah. So after that initial condescending situation happens, Villanelle asks if she can go to the bathroom and Eve instructs her to try and find his office and to look for hidden correspondence and some other shit. But as she's walking, she sees a camera in the top corner like of her periphery, and smartly doesn't do too much obvious snooping around because, well, he's watching. And she ends up at maybe is what his office or some sort of den, but there's a lot of books in there and she's looking around and then she goes to the bookshelf and starts, she pulls out one book and before she can even thumb through the pages, that motherfucker's like trapdoor. <laughs> he right. opens up the bookshelf and he's like, Billy, 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 the bathroom, the bathroom actually, Billy, is, is in the other direction. Right, what are like, you doing? Like you kind of missed it. Right. And she's like, you know what I'm doing, ho? I'm being nosy. You know, tries to play it off. But he's so fucking creepy. From the minute he opens that door case, I'm like, is this just what you do in your house? You just pop up like Villanelle did on Frank. And you're like, I found you. Like, I know what you're doing. Get the fuck out of here. The bathroom is that way. And try not to be nosy on the way to the loo. He said, it's not polite. He was giving me murder man vibes. Like, it I'm was... like, you've murdered women in your apartment. I just, have <laughs> I just, I know. I just feel that in my heart. I was like, he's probably correspondent with women usually via screen so him being this close to a woman was like hmm, a change maybe it was welcome change who knows you're so optimistic i say he's a killer i say that he's done because he has way too much power for me to assume that so, if he yeah, wanted to be I near a woman he would be an incel no he can just buy women well yeah but no but you can't buy the woman you want to control think of the purple man and jessica jones whoa the one whoa, you, whoa 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 what? think of the purple man jessica jones the one he wanted was the one that would not submit that's the one but he wanted is, is this a fictional girl or are you talking about villanelle like what are you talking about well right billy now? technically is fictional but i mean billy's got well, we're talking about peel in the past and the fact that he has no relationships and so there's a couple options there that he's not interested in sex. And he could be like a Joffrey from Game of Thrones where his interest in women literally lies with sadism and sadism alone. And and that's why I was saying he reminds me of Raymond where his interest in women isn't necessarily typical sexual gratification. It's really about enacting these grievous and degrading things onto a woman's body 
personhood and that being your kink not actually fornication but like degradation because how could that not be part of it when nothing comes out of his mouth that isn't degrading he talks to jess and eve degrading he talks to his sister degrading talks to billy degrading you know he speaks to everyone in his life like that which is why he has no fucking friends but he doesn't need friends because he's like i'm extraordinarily wealthy and i know everything about you so i don't need fucking friends i don't want fucking friends i just want people i can control i can buy and insult all goddamn day so i think it's possible he's not had his his dick slobbed in a really long time but i i also think it's because he doesn't want it to He's not interested. And after, you know, she gets scolded about going to the, the loo and she makes her way back. Um, that's when Eve and Constantine are ramping up in her ear. Again, right, they're arguing. You're smothering her, let her do her own thing. And she's like, no, don't listen to Peel. He's an asshole. And yeah, she swallows her. She says she wishes she could see Bellanelle. And I'm like, that's a double meaning <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you wish you could see her in general but also you just want to be there you want to be exactly in the scene to see what's going on after she gets back from the bathroom we're back at the fucking peels and they're in the living room now i guess playing some fucking game i had to look up this game because i had no idea what the fuck was going on i was just like villanelle i was just like her I'm like dixit <laughs> dixit what the fuck is dixit what is dixit well we looked it up apparently it's a card game <laughs> which is obvious from the scene and it debuted in 2008. So I feel totally vindicated. But I had no idea what this was because I was definitely partying somewhere in the desert in 2008. I was not playing card games. If I was playing a card game, it was probably spades. Right. I could see. Or Uno. <laughs> I got drawn to this idea of this game. I like what it's doing. I get what was supposed to happen. And I understand why it didn't. So... Um, you get a story, or technically, I don't know if you know the game. Me trying to explain this game to people who don't you care. You explained it to me, and I was right. like, "Forget it, just, just stop. check out." Right? <laughs> but it's like you get cards, and you think of a story that makes all of your cards make sense. And now, someone who only hears your story, who does not know what your cards look like, they will give you a card face down, and then you're gonna lay all the cards out with all the cards people gave you. And it all has to make sense as a story. Now, maybe the cards you got. Now, the way the points work is for every you're supposed to be able to point out the cards that the person who told the story had initially. Now, uh, people get points for like I would get a point. Like, let's say our producer was here and our producer had a story. We both gave the producer a card that we thought would fit. And then we had to guess which ones were the original. If you picked, let's say, my card, I would get points for you picking my cards. I would get points for... I hope you see this look on my face. I know. She's like, like, (laughs) duh, what? Well, the whole point of the game is to be able to tell a story that doesn't make you lose points because the goal is to not really have them get all of your cards. So your story has to be obtuse enough to where it sort of is telling the truth about what you see so this card game would be wonderful for a person like eve to play because she can hold on to a whole bunch of information and only give out some of the details and say that she's telling the complete truth even though she's not so someone like alistair peel who has to work aaron peel now not alistair anymore i'm sure his father played this game too and was better at him at it but, you know, this is probably a family game. Uh, so it was like, this is how you I can guess. have conversations about highly, you know, high profile, top secret things. And you- what? Wait, where did how do you turn into uh, that lane? Where take. does that come I know. from? <laughs> I know. Hot take. But it's like 
these are the facts that you see in front of you, but these are the things that you're going to divulge. And it's like, you, it's a hard stop at certain facts so that not everything else get tied back to you. Cause when you're picking cards and you say, Oh, this was in the original. No, it wasn't. That was something someone else put there and they inferred based on what you originally said in your story. So that's sort of how that game works where you hope that people will fill in their own blanks without again you giving out all of the information that you have on the situation wow. or subject so um, it is a good psychological game so if she were actually a, t a double psychology major this would have been something titillating for her so this is him making a move on her like this is him feeling her out and i Yes. It, it, I mean, I still don't fully understand the concept of the game. And I think it's because I have zero interest. I, I Googled the pictures on the card and I'm like, this is what's in the deck. I don't want to tell any stories with this card deck. So I'm just <laughs> against it. I've been like Villanelle that my answer to that scene would have been ultimately smacking someone in the face with a book because especially if you're going to condescend me. And one thing I noticed that was so fucking ridiculous is that he uses the word dog rule. And I don't know if you guys looked up that fucking definition, but it is one of those words that you use when you're just trying to make someone feel shitty. And that person that he's making feel shitty is his sister consistently. Mm -hmm. That's why this bitch is an addict. And dog roll means of verse, comic or burlesque, and usually loose or irregular in measure. Rude, crude, poor. Basically, trash. Right. And he's referring, he's like, can't you at least come up with trash? And I understand what you're saying about, you know, the game being sophisticated in a certain kind of way if you're doing these things but and maybe that's the underhanded or the undercurrent he's trying to present to he Villanelle, probably, but he basically he says to her my thick sister can get it if she can get it what's wrong with you it's just fucking <laughs> it's just fucking what's it called it's just dixit and it's he's so rude about it and he's like if you have a philosophy degree what's the big idea if you have two of them to doing something like this like i'm reading her clue again and she says i think i'm gonna do mine as a rhyme he probably already rolled his eyes on that you're talking about amber yeah and so she says something like uh if i go up i'm all, like i'll only fall uh, but should I slide or should I crawl? And so if depending on what pictures I would have had, uh, if I go up, I'll only fall, but should I slide or should I crawl? If I had something like an infant, that would be the card I would give to her. Because See, I hate this game. I'm so <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, this is a game you can't play while drunk. And that's that's kind of it. Like, can I play the game while inebriated? And I cannot. It requires too many spoons, too much brain energy. You've lost me all three times you've tried to explain it. And I'm just like, what? What's going on? And so I love the fact that Villana, uh, well, Billy at this point is trying to talk to the person who allegedly invited her out to dinner. And she's like, do you guys always do this? And then, uh, of course, it's Aaron like interjecting. And she's like, yeah, play games like this. Is this something that you do? And he's over here like, well, why are you struggling? This is him interjecting himself on family well, first he actually says he was like what the fuck is wrong with you asking so many questions like you're some fucking kind of five-year-old <laughs> he completely destroys her like he's like here's another insult and then also like why are you so horrible why are you so stupid why don't you have intelligence this is a simple picture game even little kids can play it what's going on with you and he's literally it's like a barrage of assault it's words but it's assault like he is assaulting billy 
And this is the game he plays. I think he likes to break people. He likes to destroy people. It's part of his fun, which is why I say sadism. And it, this is just supposedly another woman in a long line of women and friends or associates of Billy that he's been like, or not Billy, excuse me, of his sister Amber, that he's just like, I'm here to destroy you because I'm a person with no happiness and no love. And I just want to spread out this evil, horrible hatred to everyone. I think this is my new favorite first episode to make people watch when it comes to this show. What? How? But how? How could they watch it without seeing the other episodes? I feel like they'll be <laughs> lost but found. I can't with you. That's... I like this episode for reasons. I, I like this episode a lot, but I. But I mean, it's not fair to suggest someone watch Killing Eve <laughs> and they miss out on all the wonderful tension that gets you to that episode. Hell no, they got to mm. see the whole fucking shit. But he continues to degrade her about the philosophy and he asks her about her degrees and she spits them out. I forget what they were. It was something about general philosophy and, and then, social policy and I think philosophy of religion. Well, she was like, I do have two philosophies. She was like, I know, I've checked. And I was like, bruh. So you're either going to shade the institutions or you're going to shade me, but you're not going to shade both. And he's shading her she's a rich he girl is, right there's a lot of rich kids that end up with degrees they don't deserve so well, yeah I mean, that's, exactly. that's that's conceivable <laughs> it's real life right so it's not like you know he's saying your cover is blown he's not doing any of that he's like you're a waste of life that's what he's doing and it's uh i guess any other person would have felt really shitty in this point or a tear would have started falling out of her she already did she already had her denzel tear moment this episode so she does she has no tears for her for any of this, if she had uh, a tear, it would have been a strategic tear. What she was trying to hold back was her impetus to kill him, to knock the shit out of that motherfucker. Amber tries to interject yes. and be like, hey, stop, my friend. And he's like, the grownups are talking. Shut the fuck up. Again, rude. And this is so when he calls her a thicky. Because I remember because I was like, damn, he is so fucking rude. And then he keeps on going. He's like, do you even know how to define ontological? Can you spell it? And so he has been going on and on. And Villanelle is just quiet. And I feel like she's trying to eat that shit. She's like, okay, 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 okay. I need to reevaluate my approach here because this motherfucker is on 10 right now. And Peel walks over to the bookshelf, grabs some thick ass book that I assume is about ontological things, throws it in her lap. And it was it was a hard hit to the lap. I'm like, mm, that's assault, you asshole. That was definitely assault. And he's like, if you're going to lie, at least do a bit of research. And it's like, bitch. So finally, Villanelle speaks. She's like, okay, I have something to say. And she's like, I get it. You're a fucking bully. Why would I even have a conversation with you when you're a goddamn bully? And he kind of looks perplexed in his face a little bit. And she continues like, my dad taught me there's only one way to communicate with a bully. And Aaron is like, what is that? Where was his advice? Is she takes that fucking book. She conjures all of her misandry, that thick ass book, and smacks him hard heart in the fucking face and i love fucking eve because they can still hear everything that's going on and eve is like what the what fuck happened? what just happened and then you hear pale say my nose is bleeding and then constantine is like that mystery has been solved <laughs> <laughs> as a uh, villanelle is uh trying her best to with the all the composure and patience of saint break down the fact that this dude's a bully you see poor amber like looking onward and she's just like on the sideline watching all this happen. When the swipe happens, she lets out this silent woo that she hopes that her brother does not notice. She's... I don't know if it was that silent. That smile was obvious. <laughs> the sound she made was audible. And she was like, oh, shit. She was like, woo. <laughs> I'm sure she's never seen anyone hit her brother before. And she probably had a little bit of a oh herself. Just like by proxy. Of like, oh, my God. Someone actually showed my brother like that he's a piece of shit that he can be owned. And she fucking enjoyed that shit. You're not so tough without that keyboard behind you, bro. So, mm -hmm. like, 
That's what it is. People forget that they, they got all that strength when they're in the chat rooms. They forget that when someone's like literally in your face and you're giving them that energy, like they can, if they can reach you, they're, they're going to reach you. I think he's just so used to his money creating a certain amount of fear because a person like that can sue you into oblivion that the average person, it's like punching fucking any CEO like you could and it would feel good in that moment. But the likelihood your life would be ruined after the fact is extremely high (laughs) just because they have the money and the agency to do something horrible to you. So most people, while they would want to punch Aaron Peel, because I'm pretty sure 90 percent of his employees want to kill him they want to do violence but they're like "Mm, i'm scared he knows all my deep dark secrets and i don't want that smoke and so after that happens and eve freaks out and is like what happened and villanelle fucking leaves the spot she's like i'm done with this tonight but also think that she was like end of act one i'm out of here and so eve immediately wants to go after villanelle to be like hey boo like are you okay i know he was such a dick and constantine stops her and he's like yo you need to stop and give her some space you're all over her which that's true but also not enough, Constantine. Mind your business. Mind your business. Well, again, like you said, he didn't need to be here. So he, he really definitely, didn't. yeah, influenced events in his own way. I don't know if it was because they didn't want to uncover certain information. Because I'm pretty sure, yes, the, invas- the interrogation could have gone a different direction had him not been there. So well, we'll see. it, it might have if Villanelle right. would have kept her bug in and then tried to engage a little bit on the philosophy degrees. Who knows? But it definitely goes all the way left when she can't even try to help Villanelle because Villanelle's super smart, but maybe she didn't know. He was like, tell me about this. And she was like, "Um, <laughs> I didn't see that definition in the packet. And Eve is trying to help her out. And Constantine's like, yeah, ho, I'm pretty sure she took that bug out. Like, <laughs> it's done. And so Constantine keeps her from following Villanelle. And I'm like, does Villanelle even care if she's smothered by Eve? I think if she wants to be smothered by anyone, it's fucking Eve. But to me, that's Constantine just not minding his own business as usual. And being as a fucking usual. interloper. We just need to be an interloper. From there, we cut to, you know, Eve just kind of throws her head in her hand and Croy move on to that last scene. I had a couple people reach out. Sorry, not sorry, baby. A few others. Y'all know who you are. Who were like, did you see that video that was mm-hmm. made of the final scene of like, you know, Constantine being like, you're all over her. Give her some fucking space where she kind of like throws her head in her hands. And she's like, oh, Ville. It's like a pet name. People zeroed in on it. They were like, what's going on? I hear a pet name. Is that what's happening? And I do believe that that is what's happening. Yeah, I might have tweeted that name tonight a few times. Like, what's Ville doing? I mean, it's not my name because she's not my pet, but I still love it. We get double confirmation that pet names exist because we see that Eve has Villanelle saved into her phone as V. We see V signing her text as V X. And then we hear her going Ville. And I'm just like, yo, like were some of these pet names solidified in the car ride? Like what is going on, ladies? But I fucking love it. So from there, we get the last scene of the show, which there's 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 a there's. I feel like there's a lot of interpretations that can be taken from what the fuck goes down in the final scene. But we we see Villanelle. She's changed her clothes. So I guess she's gone back to the flat to get into something more comfortable. And she's at some like halal shop or something. Yes. And she's looking at the meat on the spit or whatever. And she seems fascinated by it. And she starts asking some questions of the dude there. And she's like, can any meat go on there? I believe she says. And he's like, well, if you can cut anything into thin enough pieces and put some sauce on it, <laughs> people will eat it, which is probably true and then two girls come in a blonde and a brunette interestingly dressed because i think the dress is maybe supposed to indicate their background my friend suggested sex workers so did i i was strongly thinking maybe that. strippers but just like 
but lower class strippers it's also, because they had to pull their change. Well, I mean, but that's like there were party girls that partied that way. I mean, like Lord Song is like that. It made me think of like CS Cheap Thrills, where you know you got to count your change when you go to the party. Like you don't gotta have the money because someone's gonna buy you drinks. You're gonna have a good time regardless. Like you know, in 2019. Hey, <laughs> I just mean like there's a cover charge. It's true that most women can get into most places for they're free. The but asset. They're the draw. They're the product. I don't know. I, I suppose anything's possible with these women and who knows what we'll find out about them next episode. But I got the impression that they were down on their luck and that they probably had unconventional jobs and maybe some kind of best friends because they pulled their actual change to share a meal. They come in and Villanelle just is dead looking at their eye, especially the brunette. And the brunette kind of looks over in a second like, hey, can I help you? (laughs) Awkward smile. And then after another beat, Villanelle walks out. And we see after the fact that she is stalking these girls a bit as they're walking out. And she's following behind them and making creepy noises, banging the gate so that they keep turning around like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is it a rapist? What's going on? Which is totally valid. You're walking in the night as a woman. You hear sounds. You get nervous. And after she does that like three or four times and the girls are... To the point of like, we should, it should kick it into high gear. We should run. She has circled around the front to make it look like she was ahead of them because she did leave earlier. And they're like, oh my God, whoo, you scared us. Like we thought like we should all walk together because we're women and it's scary and there's sounds like, let's do it. So Villanelle's like, yay, great. I assume that was her intent because she smiles as she walks away with them and it's done. I'm not really sure what that means because part of me when she was in the halal shop and she looks at the spit and then you see like those two decapitated pigs they're just there and just on a side note i don't like that shit like if you're gonna eat some 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 meat why the face gotta still be on there right that that was <laughs> a little interesting no thank you no thank you no thank you same with some hawaii barbecues not into it but there's two faces there and i just i got the impression she intended something fucked up with those women i know there are theories going online is she gonna fuck them is she gonna kill them is she, will she do both i don't know will she bring them back to peel for some sort of party all of those things are valid options because she looked at the two pig heads and that's what got me fucked up she looked at the two pig heads then she looked at the girls and i'm like whatever whatever connection you just made i don't feel like it's a sexy connection i feel like it's a murder <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what the fuck is going on. I mean, I that don't might know. be what she's up to. Then very well, maybe she got some angst to get out her system. Yeah, she hit. Right. A, so I she think she could kill and fuck them. Like she could right. do both. She's like, I'll fuck you first, and then I'll murder you. I guess we can get into the preview because that's basically it. That's the end of the goddamn episode. It ends kind of on some confusing terms because we don't have anything that actually says, okay, this is what's going to happen. But the preview does give some insight. Let's play real quick. How much of the day do you think about her? Most of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's honest. You mustn't kill anyone. Razor wire? How did that get in there? <laughs> <laughs> the only person in the world I know nothing about. You always look so annoyed to see me. She's working for us, Hugo. Are you sure? Killing me all noon next Sunday at 8. Okay, okay so a couple of interesting things are happening in that damn trailer. I feel like I was pondering this when I watched the episode early and I was just like, who is this? Who, who, who is the love interest or just like romantic interest for Villanelle? Who, who, who is that person? And I thought for a little bit in the episode, it could be Carolyn and that would just make, it would be funny. It would be fun for it me to say funny, that. It would be funny, but I don't think it'd do but, that. But um, some people are thinking it's going to have something to do with the women. I think she ultimately will do something fucked up and sadistic with those women to attract the attention of Peel in some kind of way. I think she's correctly deduced that he's a sadist and that 
the fact that she hit him across the face and the fact that I feel very strongly no one has ever struck him across the face, that he is obsessed now. And we hear him in the trailer say, you're the only person I don't know anything about. And his obsession would grow because he would uh-huh. seek to be like, who's this bitch that hit me in the face? Who's there's Billy? no information. Yeah. There's just this social media profile, but there's nothing else I can find in my way that says, hey, here are these messages I can try to blackmail you with. Here's this way for me to creepily get to know you right. without actually getting to know you. So I'm actually thinking the interest is Peel at this time. I think that something weird starts to happen with him and Bellanel. I think he likes the murder. So Peel's going to go down the Eve rabbit hole is what you're saying. No, I'm saying Peel's already down the the Eve rabbit hole. I've maintained that he's a murderer. I've maintained that he's violent and gross and that maybe Villanelle has seen this aspect of kindredness of like, oh, I can do the murder. And there's a weird way that they connect over that murder because they look like they see each other two or three more times next episode. At a lunch situation, looks like she's at his crib because she's by a really fancy car. It looks like she's she's in a store buying something and he's looking at the security camera (laughs) of her and he's obsessing. He's obsessing. So she can't break character at all because he's clearly like, okay, GPS track. (laughs) Track this hoe and tell me what she's doing. But isn't this feeling a little root and shy where it's like, oh, where the computer just following the people around no because the computer the the machine and root and shaw was like benevolent like she wasn't if anything she was a shipper of root and shaw she was trying to get those bitches together she wasn't trying to be like yo let me just like cut off your feet and put it in my collection (laughs) which is totally what peel is on oh oh yeah i don't put that past up and this actually fits concerning for me because who else could hugo be talking about when eve is like don't worry she works for us and he's like are you sure are you are you sure? So this is Hugo turning into Kenny for real was like, oh, he's afraid about Villanelle. And it's like, oh, Lord. Or maybe he's just looking at the writing on the wall for for Villanelle being unpredictable and Eve being totally biased where she's concerned. Like, of course, she would never betray me or she would never stray from our mission, which is basically me and my mission and what I want to do. And he goes like, are you sure? Because I think she's probably exhibiting things that make it seem like she could be switching to Peel's side. Peel has a ridiculous amount of money that he could pay her for stuff or I don't know. What if they commit a murder together? Why? I don't want that. Why didn't we get the it's you from the Russian prison? What? Why didn't we get the it's you from the Russian prison moment? From who? When Eve and Villanelle were sitting there and listening to Carolyn. Because it's not the first time Carolyn and Villanelle have spoken together. No, we know that, right. but we're, whatever they spoke about, we're not going to know. And I, I think that Villanelle been knew that Carolyn's the boss, which is why I maintain what she said in there was actually about the 12. Because she been knew. She been knew. She's like, you're the head of MI6 over here. You said whatever the fuck you said to me in jail, but I'm seeing you here talking and I'm just, my wheels are turning. I said to Eve last season that we totally work for the same people. And uh-huh. here it is. It's yep. you. It's yep. you. You right here. And Carolyn's just kind of like, bitch, I'm annoyed the way you put that together, but I'm impressed <laughs> the way you put that together. Yes. And Eve just not catching it. Just like, what? Not what are we talking at about? all. <laughs> she was probably just still fucked up off the fact that she was standing that close to Villanelle and working in the same space. I mean, it's interesting. What are your thoughts on like how the Peel situation will progress? Uh, Yeah, I can see him being like a dog with a bone, needing to know everything about Billy. It's almost like he's not the only one, though. I also see that Amber is still like, oh, my God, what's Amber going to do? Amber like, wow, she doesn't even come to AA anymore. Like, wait, 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 you think she's going to drop the cover next episode? I, know, I think she's just not going to go to the meeting anymore. Oh like God. she's going to skip a meeting. And now she cares that she's not there because of what happened in her house. And it's like, oh, she left the property without signing the NDA. Like It's going to be something really stupid. Where it's like, man, I can't wait. I can't I mean, wait. that's interesting. The most interesting thing 
outside of that in the trailer for me was seeing Nico looking like he's being attacked. His eye looked like it was bruised and he was on the ground crawling away from someone. And I'm like, who the fuck I is that? I hope he's crawling away from Gemma, but that's just how my mind works. Oh my God. <laughs> he's not crawling away from Gemma. Gemma can't even reach to punch him in the eye. He's crawling away from someone. Okay. I think it's interesting they're not showing us who it is because we all will assume Villanelle, which is why I'm like, is it Eve? <laughs> you know, like, can I it know, be Eve? It would be lovely to see Eve come full circle. Like, okay, well, since, you know, this is what I like to do. And, you know, this is how I, this is my energy now. This is the new me. I figured it was time to get rid of all the things that reminded me of the old me, starting with you. But, you know, we may not get that side of Eve. Yeah, I also like the wire that <laughs> Constantine pulls out of like her makeup compact. It's just like, oh, how did this choking wire get here? I don't know. Because <laughs> Constantine does say something very interesting. And I assume it's about the Faraday conference. Because she'll be away. And he's like, hey, you're going to be over there. So if you kill someone, if you get into some shit, you're on your own. And that's probably why Carolyn is like, yo, son, like, we are in the black on this. So if you need to make sure Villanelle doesn't kill nobody. And Eva's like, I know, I know. But (laughs) the two of us together, I really can't promise no shit. I really can't promise no shit. So big things for the episode just before the finale. And I don't know. But those are my best for right now. That the concerning interest is Peel. Because Villanelle will be on her fuck shit and unpredictable where Eve is like, this is the game plan. And she's like, right. So I'm going to follow 25% of that. And the rest <laughs> is going to be me ad-libbing. It's going to be me just going as I go and seeing how it goes. And Eve was like, God damn it. You're so fucking frustrating. Oh, and by the way, I work best by myself. So me dealing with the team, people yelling, arguing, talking around my back in my ear. I can't thrive in that kind of environment. I'm an artist. And I'm sensitive about my shit. I hope that she can evolve. I want her to be, I like, I need this partnership with her and Eve to work. Like the coupledom that's happening there and the weird domestic fights that they're already having. I just want more of it. I just want Constantine out the paint. Like he doesn't need to be there. Like you can arrange the hits, but just be over there. Let Eve be in the fucking van. Because if Villanelle can work alone, then great. You don't need to be there. Just Eve needs to be there with the actual relevant information because yet she has an actual skill for research that Constantine does not contribute. He's trying to own his 50-50 like, like now he wants to put in some some field effort and be in rooms where people are being. I just think it's about control over Villanelle. I think that he is super concerned about Eve's influence. And so when she's around, he would prefer to be around too, to be like, what y'all doing? Are you guys schmanging? Are you <laughs> murdering? Are you doing both at the same time? <laughs> I'm checking in. And that's valid. That's super valid. Because we've never seen Constantine just hop in on Villanelle in the middle of a kill. Like, he's not interested. He's like, here's the murder. Go do it. Let me know when it's done. The only time I've been super excited to see Constantine was when uh, Villanelle was uh, high in the woman's bathroom choking that other girl out. That was it. I don't think I've been happy to see him since then. I don't mind seeing Constantine. Because like I said, especially when she was going through her shit in Amsterdam, like, she needs someone who gets her. Especially when Eve is turning up and she's acting like she doesn't know what's going on. And Constantine's like, girl, you like, this is Villanelle. Did we forget that this is Villanelle? Come on, give her stuff. She bought the macaroons. Maybe it was Carolyn, but maybe someone reminded, like, like Constantine texted her like, bitch, like, <laughs> what I said, I said, you need to compliment the hoe. Send mm-hmm. her something. She's like, okay, I'll, I'll send her some, some cookies. She likes cookies? Okay, good. Do you want to maybe look at the opening minutes of the next episode did they appear oh yeah it was i think uh after the show airs no they didn't don't see man i literally told you before we started recording that the show two minutes hadn't appeared and that's why i asked if it had happened 
after midnight last time because it wasn't on the app. Yeah, and, and we're actually running really late slash early. So for it to still not be here is interesting. So I'm going to crash the app and open the backup to see if it's just something that didn't refresh as yet. Um, Where am I? They're not giving it to us. I guess because everyone was so angry last week. No, this actually confirms to me that they intentionally wanted to fuck up the uh-huh. fandom. Like, this is, they'll release whatever two minutes are available later, probably midweek. And it's like, y'all are some bitches because you did not have to release those two minutes immediately, immediately after yeah, we were, were on our fucking high. We were like, what those bitches do in the woods? They had the, the fucking leg twizzle, fucking twister shit, sexy twister up in this fucking shit. And now. You're like, before you guys can live on that high, check out these two minutes right quick. And this week, when we know that Eve is sitting on a bitch's bed, when other stuff is leveling up, they're like, you don't need any two minutes. Not yet. Like, yeah, you know, you know, nah. Whatever. You know what? We still love you, BBC, because you've given us this show. So I we're hoping that by the snack episode that those two minutes will be up, because then by then we'll definitely be musing true, about true, those. True. So, um, this show Killing Eve is about the killing of Eve's fake ass persona. That's maybe, what I decided. yeah. The Eve you knew, the Eve you kn- dead, well, the Eve that <laughs> she thought she was, but she also ne- never really thought she was. She was just hiding this whole fucking time. Yeah, that's the type. That's what the show means to me now. Oh, also want to give a shout out to a listener on Twitter. We saw that you DM'd us. Um, last week but we were so fucked up off that episode we completely forgot to give you an actual shout out but shout out to anna at swine reflection on twitter thank you so much for reaching out and sending that warm message about all of the feelings you're having about killing eve and this wonderful ship that we're all obsessed with and all the tension i was up in 205 and 105 we're so glad that you're enjoying our super long episodes and snack episodes and that there are people out there responding to our ridiculously iliad long length recaps because we need to do it like yes. here's another time we're sitting here recording it's into the wee hours of the a.m and we're like yeah 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 we got so much stuff to say but i call like the sunday to monday transition when we do this shit like marathon mondays because <laughs> it just has to happen i can't fucking help it yeah if i wasn't rambling into this fucking mic with you i would be rambling to myself or to whoever would listen whichever friend who is still watching killing eve although i'm I'm definitely a pusher everyone i meet and talk to and they're like hey what's 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 that thing you're talking about I'm like killing eve watch it change your life do immediately it. immediately or we're not fucking friends <laughs> so thank you for reaching out want to send you like some swag and we do have swag actually we're going to put a, a photo on insta instagram of some of the shit we had at pod and live in my seat oh yeah because we were trying to represent in full effect and we had buttons we had tees we had stuff i actually made myself a custom you should try that with your wife villanelle crop top <laughs> <laughs> throw that picture up there and yeah good shit but I think that that pretty much sums it the fuck up, right? Like we've covered this whole thing. Of course, we missed stuff or didn't fully go into stuff despite the length of this podcast episode that we will totally address in the snack episode this Wednesday. And yes, as always, of course, you can reach out to us with your feels if you still have uh, lingering feels uh, on the interwebs, whether you're on Reddit or Tumblr with your posts, uh, Twitter, where a lot of people are uh, hashtagging uh, Killing Eve. Um, you can... Also, be sure to, I don't know, be in the inbox and things. Go on Instagram. There'll yes, be more... we are at Well Well Villanelle on Instagram, at Well Well Villanelle on Tumblr, at Well Villanelle on Twitter, because they don't they didn't like how long the name was. Yeah, imagine the name being and too long. And I think long. that's all the things. 
<laughs> but yeah, check us out on the social meds. And you know, I guess ultimately just be on the lookout for us when we come back with um, our musings, your comments, if you're in our inbox about uh, different feelings that you had with the... Uh, with this episode, with yeah, episode? if you have any questions or things you want us to talk about specifically, do let us know before Tuesday evening so we can talk about it for you guys. All right. So uh, hopefully you all had a wonderful Mother's Day. And uh, True, true, true. Shout out to all the mamas out there. Mamas of their own children and just moms to people who need them. Yes. You're amazing. Y'all do a lot of the heavy lifting for us. And we appreciate you. But that's it, guys. So until next time. Here's hoping you get killed by a woman. Jody, what a bastard, bitch. Bye. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> I got excited about the bastard. <laughs>